everybody. This is uh, the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, episode number 67, I want to say. But that sounds way too high. That, that can't be way it. way too Probably high. Probably good to know these 37. <laughs> I was like, that's not right. You jumped ahead. You know what? I think that's episodes. actually close to where, like, DC Primetime actually is. DC Primetime is at 61. So. 61. Uh, but I think with our bonus episodes, I think we're around it's 67. probably about 67, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, this is uh, the first of our new episodes. Uh, we had... Uh, a little longer break than I anticipated, but it's just because we had uh, Steampunk's World Fair. So it made things a little bit more interesting trying to figure out when to record. And um, then, obviously, corralling four-plus people together is always a little tricky. But anyway, uh, I am your host, Rob, and joining me tonight is Ben. I do the weird stuff. <laughs> Kat. Hi. Bill. We do the weird stuff. <laughs> Jada. Shiny. <laughs> Uh, so, um, since this is uh, the first of our new episodes back in, we are actually changing formats starting tonight. Um, we played with this when we did our Disney episode, which wasn't supposed to be a single-topic episode. Um, <laughs> but, obviously, Kat, myself, Bill, and Jada did turn it into that really easily. Um, nerds. So, tonight, we are going to talk about Joss Whedon, and we figured that would be a really just fun topic to talk about. I have no idea how long this podcast is going to go. <laughs> This could be an hour long. It could be a normal two-hour kind of time frame that we do. Um, because this is the first time we're doing it this way specifically and planning for it, um, expect the next couple episodes to be a little maybe all over the place as far as length, but we'll figure that out as we go. Um, but anyway, let's just dive in the way that we dive into any normal episode, and that is this. The question I have for everybody tonight is, would you rather be a newly awoken slayer or a supervillain in the world of Dr. Horrible. And I'm going to start with Jada. I am going to say that I would rather be a newly awoken slayer because you only have potential to go up from there. Like you get a, you get some of the like instincts and that sort of thing, but you know, you get to train, you get to be a badass and you get to kill some bad guys. So, I would totally want to be a slayer. Nice. Bill. Uh, so I'm going to go against my normal, you know, human nature and awful goodness of the D&D character that I would be because the world is a mess. I just want to rule it. <laughs> I would totally be a villain. A villain has, there's so much potential for villains. You always have, you know, nemeses because as a good guy, if you've got other good guys around you, you may not have any villains to fight. As a villain, you're always attracting the good people to try and stop you. I like that competition. What kind of villain would you be, though? I'd be I'd, I'd be something totally like Doctor Horrible, you know Not the like villain Weiss. the villain who wants to take over the world with a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's totally me. PhD in, PhD in terribleness. There we go. So Professor Terribleness. Yes. Oh, cute. So, so you'd be Gru. I would be Gru. <laughs> I was Gru. You were Gru at Halloween. Yeah. I was a really bad bald cap because <laughs> I didn't try to do anything. Kat, how about you? Um, I would definitely be a newly awoken slayer. Yes. Uh, I freaking always... I mean, they have just fantastic abilities. And I really loved... Uh, as much as, like, season seven didn't really jive with me, I loved that final scene where it's, like, this whole sisterhood of all these badass chicks being able to, like, take up the mantle and fight. All about that. So... <laughs> and we're breaking the rules here. So if, you're, if guys want to be slayers, they can be slayers. Okay, that was going to be one of my <laughs> questions. So it, we're, we're in a time of inclusiveness. So yes. yeah. So 
if you want to be a slayer, you can be a slayer. All right. No one, we'll invite you don't, into the don't, don't let anybody tell you you can't be what. Totally badass. It's quite okay. Um, I, yeah, in that case, I would say Slayer. I was going to say Watcher instead of Slayer, but... I could totally see you in that role, then. Well, if there's, a, lo- if there's a lot of new Slayers... You need a lot of new Watchers. 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 I could say Watcher, because Watchers can be badasses in their own right, too. Um, Giles. Giles. The villains in Dr. Horrible, while I love Dr. Horrible, the villains in Dr. Horrible are lame. <laughs> You can have greasy hair and be a villain. Dude, moist. He could make things damp. He sweat. Exactly. Ew. Ew. But if that many people could be villains, like, there's, you're not going to stand out. So, have one evil horse. Whereas, I was say, what about the thoroughbred of sin, though? <laughs> so, so in, that, in that scene at the end, yes, there's the thoroughbred of sin. There's dead Bowie. Um, the guy that you, the, in the Revolutionary War, is fake uh, George Washington. They all have names, and I can't oh, yeah. remember Professor what they are. Normal, um, I think this is the guy with all the stuff like on his face. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're inventive supervillains, and they have the evil League of Evil. I mean, I would kill for henchmen that would just come out of the side of the door and sing my praises. <laughs> I would literally no, so, kill for henchmen. <laughs> in the world of Doctor Horrible. If, if you're a bad guy, you would have singing henchmen, though. Yep. So. Well, but then there's always the musical episode of Buffy. Also true. Yes. So, the other way, I get a singing note, unless I'm dead by that point. But, uh, no, I would say Newly Awoken Slayer slash Watcher. I, I, I answered my own thing when I stated singing henchman. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, super villain in the world of Dr. Horrible, absolutely. Well, which, so. what, what super villain would you be, though? Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? I would do um, one of the super villains we created for a sketch, and it was one of the worst... You know, super villains we can think of marshmallows for hands, <laughs> and just go with that. That's worse than what Moist does. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but you, you know, like I said, if you ever get really hungry, though, but then you don't have hands. So, right. but uh, if not, I would. One of my other thought processes would still always be too. It's like the evil Aquaman. It's where he talks to fish. It's like, no, no, no. You only get to talk to just this fish. But if you were yes. if you were a villain with marshmallow hands, you could join forces with a guy who has chocolate feet and graham cracker head. Aww. That would be <laughs> really cool. the s'more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like... if you get a couple slayers who are like maybe heading towards that time of the month and you're done. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> We're like, s'mores made out of evil? Yeah, I got this. Forget the evil league of evil. I would s'more. Do you like evil? Do you want s'more? Where's the bell? (laughs) Oh, that would be the best catchphrase ever. Not evil enough? How about some more? We're going to write that and send it to Joss. You should. Credit me on that, please. I guess the first... The front half of this episode, what we're going to do is kind of talk a little bit about Joss Whedon's career. Uh, and we kind of, the way we did this, like with Disney, we kind of broke it from like the Golden Age, Silver Age, Modern Age with Joss. We figured we'd go his early career, his TV years, and his film years. There is some weird overlaps that happen with the uh, television and film, but um, it's kind of funny that the timing of this, that we're talking about this episode, because just two days ago, um, one of the shows that he originally wrote for is coming back, which is Roseanne. Roseanne, what? the original entire cast. It's coming back. They're bringing the show back, uh, including Sarah Chalk, wow. who replaced Becky, yes. her sister in the last season, who everybody knows from Scrubs, Elliot. Yeah. They're bringing the show back, and everybody's like, how do you Why? do that? I don't know, but the biggest question, everybody's like, how does this work? Because the last two seasons of that show, 
one of the main characters was dead and they covered it up in the season. It was a dream sequence season and you found out that Dan, who was played by John Goodman, died in the end of season six. And everybody's like, so everybody's like, why is this show coming back? But a lot of these shows are now coming back. So kind of funny that we're talking about Josh because he was one of the one of the staff writers for Roseanne and uh, another I show. I hope Paramount. he didn't write the dream sequence. That's really important. Well, we know he wrote for the show from 1988 to 1989. So it was a really short tenure. But okay. and honestly, like I never I never knew that he wrote for the show Roseanne until you sent out the like the list of topics. But it makes total sense because if you think about some of like the snarky banter that they have going back and forth within the family and how just how kind of diverse a lot of the women were in that show I mean because up until that point you had a lot of like you had a lot of TV sitcom families but it was like the Huxtables or uh, like the the Seavers from Growing Pains where it was like so picture perfect and, and this the mom was, was always this like, was a real life family this yeah. was this was not pretty all the time like this was mom is a snarky this is a lower middle class yeah. family and that's exactly what it was so yeah. it's kind of funny that Josh got one of his well, first big I, career moves there I, I, I want to say too if you look at all the we have a list of his accolades in front of us and if you look at like IMDb or anything there's one thing with the exception of one thing on this list that kind of goes against it and it hasn't even happened yet. There's one thing that every single project he has worked on has in common, and it goes to show you his strength, and that is working with ensembles. Yeah, He does not work with That's individuals, with the true. exception of Batgirl, which we don't even know that may be an ensemble at yeah, that probably point. But you look at everything. You look at Roseanne, it's an ensemble family. You look at Parenthood. You look at Buffy, you look at Parenthood, you look at Angel, Firefly, Dollhouse, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Dr. Horrible, Cabin in the Woods, Avengers... Mm-hmm. Everything in his is an ensemble, ensemble. cast. Yeah, he does not work, he or at least we really haven't well seen him. Dynamic. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. we haven't seen him play the. Really, and if you look at the majority of the things though on this list, the majority of the leads out of most of these projects are female. Mm-hmm. Strong female He's characters. Written, yeah, very good female characters. And even that, like, if you could look back at Roseanne, she was not an. She was not a typical TV mom. She was very brash. She was rude at times. But she raised her family, and like you look at the daughters, and even like the sister in that show, and they're all very diverse. They're all very, mm-hmm. they're very off the beaten track for what was common in the late '80s for TV families. Yeah, he was a big pioneer with that when there really was not a lot of women leads. Absolutely, Buffy was such a spearhead. Oh yeah, oh my god, absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's kind of fun that like we're kind of starting there, and obviously you know like his early career, like the best way to put it is like. Is mostly writing, but I mean, like I said, it's starting off at Roseanne and Parenthood and then being a script doctor where you're like a script doctor for people that aren't familiar with that term. It's uh, somebody is like, that's usually a non-writing cred. It's basically somebody has written a script and they say, hey, Joss, uh, take a pass at this and fix things that suck. (laughs) Fix the dialogue. Make sure it flows. It's pretty much being a script editor. Exactly. And that's what you're doing. And it'll be like, oh, well, this is actually a better idea and this will move the plot forward. So I'm going to change this uh, sequence completely. Um, And, you know, like, I think when all is said and done, you know, that was like where he really kind of started making you know, a name for himself because it's funny. Like there's a movie. I didn't even realize the majority of dialogue that's in that movie was all written by him, which was Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, the movie speed. Oh my God. Really? He wrote the majority of the dialogue for that movie. I had no idea. Um, and so pretty much like the big movies. Another of his strengths is dialogue. So now we know who to blame. So (laughs) 
But like, you know, bear in mind... I here, like, like Speed, I can't say that. Yeah, yeah. Speed was yeah. a fun yeah, movie. It was, it was a fun action 90s <laughs> popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But like some of the movies Shoot that are the listed hostage. here, uh, <laughs> The Getaway, Speed, Waterworld, Twisted, and X-Men. Uh, now, bear in mind, um, he did passes on all these. Doesn't mean that what he wrote is what stuck. Yeah. You know, he could have been, hey, he was script doctor number one and it went for six. He did write the original Buffy with the movie. Well, that's... The, with Pee Wee Herman's, like, 5,000-year-long death scene. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, but that was hysterical. Was that was really pretty funny. funny. But he was the he was the writer of that. He, he yes, wrote the he entirety was. of I know. that. That was... I mean, he didn't direct it, but, like, that was, that was his project that he wrote. So There's one thing on this list of his accolades I didn't know that he wrote and I am a huge fan of. That's Titan A.E. Oh, I loved that. I love Titan A.E. It's kind of funny because we're going to look at a few things here. And like, especially in his early career, that really connect. Well, two projects here in his early time really connect. to You can see where he was going with Firefly. Mm -hmm. Titan Titan A.E. The other one was Alien Resurrection. Because Alien Resurrection is kind of one of the most hated alien films. But the dynamic when you... It's like a... It's an ensemble space pirate group. That... They basically get the clone of Ripley with. Oh. And so, like... I don't think I've ever seen it. It, it was interesting. I will say that. Okay. I wouldn't say it was a bad movie by any stretch of imagination, but every one of the lead characters, you can see where he got almost every one of his members from Firefly and said, okay, I'm going to make this one humorous now. But, like, the basic... Really? The basic qualities of them... That makes me want to watch it. Like, the captain was, like... He was he was the really brash captain, not humorous, and he added that idea to Malcolm Reynolds. But like what he was, you could see the backbone yeah. of Malcolm Reynolds there. And then oh, now I have to rewatch that. I know now I have to see it. Period. But when you see it, you'll be like, "Holy crap!" That's really uh, you can see that. And then if you now throw Titan A in, because I didn't know about that until doing research for this episode. Yeah. So I'm like. Well, wow, Titan A.E., the whole idea here. was that they were moving to other planets, like they were colonizing. They Earth were was destroyed. Second Earth. Yeah. Which is super so, fun. Yeah, yeah, it's very oh fun. So there's all the seeds planted for mm-hmm. there. So it's, it's really funny. That's going to be something we're going to say over and over, I think, through this first half, yeah. is because you see where but his Buffy brain was But Buffy was going. his first real TV break. Yeah. That was his. Yeah, I mean, and that's where we kind of move and shift like out of, like... he was piloting it. Right, like... Know. Yeah, that was his first real big push of something that was purely his. I mean, like, you know, like, he obviously did Toy Story as well. It was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a co-writer on that. I love Toy Story. And it's, if you I think know, about it, so like, good. you know, it's kind of funny that, like, one of his first big breaks and an Oscar nomination he got was from Toy Story, where he later, you know, basically helped create the Pixar that we all know now. And then he basically spearheaded, you know... The biggest proper uh, project that Marvel was going to plan that would, when they were already owned by Disney, which was the Avengers. Yeah. Two, two things: he didn't kill anybody in Toy Story, and you keep using the word spirit. We don't know what happened to Sid. Oh, Sid. you're a jerk. We don't know what happened to Sid. True. <laughs> True. We don't know what happened. Although to Sid. the rumor is he became the pizza guy in the second movie. Yeah. Um, no, the rumor is he became the trash guy. That's in the it. Third the trash movie. guy. Yeah. Sorry. Interesting. Toy Story's got a special place in my heart. But... Still yet to see three. Oh, it's, it's better than one and two. Oh, it's I keep so hearing good. it, but I hear it's really depressing. And I'm it like, is. I was crying. I, in the mood I cried that. lots and lots at it. Yeah. I will tell you that. But yeah, Toy Story. I'll and again, you're looking at an ensemble cast that sticks mm-hmm. together no matter what. And it's you know now looking at that again, it's just like wow, you're absolutely yeah. seeing those little yeah. snippets of what he's really really good at, and that's the group dynamic with his casts. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like I said, that gives us kind of like the 
early little sequence. I don't know if there's anything specifically in that section that anybody wants to talk about a little bit more or elaborate really? into before we get into really the meat of... The bestest of things. Uh, ...of Josh's career. Well, my so. question to everybody that I'll pose to everybody, because I know what my answer to this is. Actually, uh-huh. I don't know what... No. <laughs> when did you knowingly, I'll put it that way, realize you were getting into Joss's project, projects. Because if you look at something like Titan AE or Roseanne yeah. and Parenthood, you you didn't know at the time that Joss was involved in it. Yeah. Because you didn't know who Joss was. Well, I actually, think, yeah, that's a really actually good question mm-hmm. for everybody here. I think yeah. Buffy is the first, Buffy is my show. first take on it. Like the movie or the show? No, the show. Okay. Yeah. I, I had that's... seen the movie already. I had seen the movie as well, like when but I was the movie younger. Doesn't yeah. grab the you movie, like, the... like, it doesn't grab you as much. I'm trying to remember who's the actress in it. I know it's um, Chrissy Swanson. Swanson. Chrissy Swanson, thank you. Chrissy Swanson and um, dude from um, it's it's Luke Perry. Luke Perry yeah. yeah. from 90210. And yeah. Riverdale. And yes. And then, like, the other big actors in there are what? Rucker Howard? Yeah. Rucker Howard and Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens and Donald Sutherland. And also David Arquette. David Arquette. I actually remember watching the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer at a friend's, like, sleepover party when we were probably in, I don't know, maybe. What, what year did it come out? Like, I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, maybe? That may, I, I would say probably, we're talking early 90s, like probably mm-hmm. anywhere between 93 and 94. Really? I would think it would be... Yeah, I, I thought it was like 91 or 92. I could it, be it wrong, but be I remember even. watching it at a sleepover party. Yeah. And we would like, we would just quote it because it was funny, like, but some of it we were like, oh, this is really cheesy, and she's talking about how she can track vampires with her period cramps, and like, we were like, but it didn't, it didn't grab us the way, and so... Like, you know, we're like, oh, how funky is your chicken? 92. Thank you, 92. 92. So I would have been about 12, yeah. And, um, like, quoting things to each other, like, oh, well, I'm the chosen one, and right now I choose to go shopping. Like, things like that. Like, we quoted it to each other, but it didn't really stick, and you didn't, it didn't grab you with the plot and the drama that the actual Buffy series did. So I remember when that came out in 97, God, I feel old. Um, <laughs> and I was in high school yeah. and friends were like, oh, you have to watch the wow. show. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. It's so good. You have to watch the show. And I was like, no, the movie was not like, I saw it when I was 12. Yeah, and it's, I, I, you know what? That's when I first found out when they were making Buffy as a TV show, I remember reading it in TV guide. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I was just like, and they had the little bits in beforehand before you saw the program. And yeah. I'm like, wait, they're making a Buffy, you know, TV, TV show? show. And I'm like, why? The movie wasn't good. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. thinking the same thing. And Hillary, Hillary Swank and Thomas Jane are in that movie too. That's crazy. Thomas Jane is in that movie. So wait, Jane Hillary is Swank is in that movie? She's one of the, uh, her friends. She, oh yeah. man. That's funny. Oh, that's right. That's right. She's like, get out of my facial or something like yeah. that. Because they're in like the cheer squad, uh-huh. like girl group. That and they were trying like, to get ready for the homecoming dance that was going to be then that that then got invaded by oh, vampires, oh my like God, you do. That's so funny. Um, but I Traditional remember, Buffy fashion. yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> you know, can't have a prom or homecoming dance. So it was Buffy all of your first, Not definitely. Not yeah, my, I am yours? such a late. Yeah, Buffy was me. I'm Buffy such a late bloomer. Too? Yeah, what was Serenity. yours? Actually, Serenity, the movie. The movie? The movie? Yeah. Really? I saw Serenity what? before so I saw Firefly. I also saw Serenity before I saw Firefly. I had no idea. See, yeah, so actually, I, I missed the Buffy cusp and Angel, but Firefly was my first when I started college, because my roommate at the time was like, you must watch the show. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, and I binged it in like, two days? Yeah, Something. easily. Yeah. What? Like, easily. Yeah. What's he up? has something on his credits called Buffy the Vampire Lair. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. And also, oh. Muffy the Vampire Lair. Oh, no. Oh, it's so terrible. What have you so done? Terrible. I don't know. What have we gotten into? That's one what thing are... they told us in film school. Never, ever, ever get into porn for anything. Because <laughs> you can never explain that off of your resume. 
So wait, what um season of Buffy was everyone's favorite? Oh, from one. Oh, oh, favorite? Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't know what I don't remember particular episodes and but what season. seasons yeah. that they fell into. Without question, okay. I can say it right off the bat, season six. What was happening in season six? That <laughs> That is, was the trio, the geek trio. The geek trio was the big bads. Okay. Until the very Slash. end, and then you're like, oh, evil no, Willow. it's Evil Willow. Oh, I loved Evil Willow. Oh, my Bored God. Now. Bored now. What was, <laughs> oh, yeah. What was the season in which, um, see, I, I kind of like, I know it was kind of going off the rails a little bit at this yeah. point, but I kind of like the season with Riley and the Initiative. Season, oh, season, four. Four. Oh. season four. Oh, that was when she was in college. Yeah, that was like the second season when she was in college. Oh, I yes. hated Riley. I, first, I think first, I really liked season, the yeah. season. I think it was like the last season that she, before they graduated. So it was their senior year. So it was with graduation three. with yeah. the mayor. Yes. With the mayor. Yes, yes. Yeah. the mayor. I like that yeah. season too. That season was so awesome. That's, that's the mayor faith. faith. And right. Yeah, that yeah, was like a that really season intense. Too. Season. Well, I, lo- I loved the whole like, I liked the whole dual slayers thing, and, and mm-hmm. Faith was badass. Even oh my god, was... her prom episode was like that. Always yeah. where everyone finally yeah. like acknowledges. I'm, I'm still a big yeah. fan of season yeah. one too, though. Mm-hmm. Like the, the origins great. of everything. I mean, it was. I remember I got into Buffy because I originally I got into Buffy because. I thought the same thing you did. I read it somewhere that they were making it and like with a movie. Kind of blue. Why are you making a TV show of this? And then I remember seeing the cast and I was like, ooh, she's cute. And that's Sarah why Michelle I started Miller watching is it. Adorable. Well, I didn't watch it until all of it was shortly after all of it wrapped. It was oh, I started from a year the pilot. or two after mm-hmm. it was okay. over. I remember and, I got into it in season two and then I had to wait for the reruns in because this was before you could like, you know, binge yeah. watch all the episodes. So I watched it in season two. And then I rewatched season one and into season two, and I remember just being like, like mm-hmm. completely so enamored good. with it. I started at the pilot. I watched it when it aired. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Bill, have you seen it? I've never seen Buffy. Oh. What? So you're you're gonna ask all these questions, and I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be the odd one out, and, and you're gonna like, question. So everybody's funny. gonna question. Why did he come on this episode? <laughs> well, what a, does he know? He knows nothing. It's it's okay because, like I said, like I said, we're gonna we'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll talk you know Buffy for a little bit and Angel, and then we'll get into Firefly, which I know you'll be able to dive into. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. do you guys have a favorite Buffy episode? Dingo ate my baby. Oh, um, that was the name of his band. That was yeah. Um, I know. I was like, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll be careful with some of that stuff because we're gonna talk about a lot of that in the second. Oh, are we? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. um, <laughs> but I mean, like as far as like Buffy, though, I mean, like what we should probably talk about with that is this kind of what it kind of did for TV, though. That was kind of the first thing I time I think there was a show that actually had like a real traditional teenage voice. Well, teenage female voice too well, that, that was too. taken seriously. That wasn't just like like in um, the original Buffy movie. It was ditzy cheerleader. Oh, haha. Okay, female lead, but she's a ditzy cheerleader. So whatever, we can laugh at her. But like Buffy, I mean, the shit that she goes through through the series, she goes through like the whole plethora. Like they a, give you a so much hardship with her. Yeah, and it was a depth that you re- again, like you said, it's a depth that you didn't see in the movie. Mm-hmm. That was so relatable to. So many to so many girls that were going through that who were high school age, and she was tough. I mean, she was going through problems at home. She was a child of divorce, which many people growing up in the eighties and nineties were. Um, So you have that. She's then you know she's dealing with strife in a new school. She wants to be included in the popular group, but she's not because she's different. And but again, she doesn't look different because she's the cutesy blonde cheerleader Mm -hmm. but she is different so then she you're kind of dealing with that dichotomy as well Um, so you get a lot of really good multi-layered 
character development within her within the very first season. Because and she grew up, too. Exactly. They let her grow up out of high school, too. And they like, did that with all the characters, and yeah. the male characters included, but I think yeah. it's really important that they kind of focused in on the female characters of that show, because Actually, you yeah. see so much development between, you know, not only just Buffy, but Willow, and even Cordelia, to a certain extent, and then she moved on mm. into Angel. And Angel like, was where she blossomed, mm-hmm. oh my yeah. gosh. And I, again, I really didn't like Cordelia's character. You're not supposed yeah. to like her, but yeah. I really didn't love her character in Buffy. Yeah. You really grow really, to like her in well, Angel. Yeah, you, you do. You yeah. Love her it's kind of funny, though, because like, after seeing Buffy and Angel, and then like rewatching, mm-hmm. you appreciate Cordelia's character throughout the show, from, like, a detached angle. Because when you're, mm-hmm. like, first watching and immersed in it, you're like, oh, Cordelia's just being a jerk. Okay. But yeah. then, like, when you're watching from a more detached, like, point, mm-hmm. she is, like, the comedic beat that is needed at every point. Yeah. And she comes in and, like, swoops and anytime things are getting too intense, she's like, what's up, guys? Like, she yeah. does her thing. And then it immediately diffuses the thing or changes direct changes the scene direction. And Again, it's, it's, that really group, it's that group dynamic that he's so good at. I, I still remember there's one moment with Cordelia that still sticks out in my head more than anything else, and it's a Buffy Cordelia moment. It's in the first season. I think it might oh, even be man. in the pilot. Yeah. I don't remember, but there's a, <clears throat> there's a scene where they're in the computer lab, and Cordelia is working with one of her friends typing up a report, and she says, how do I send this to the printer? And Buffy says, oh, alt... Alt deliver. It's the D E L. Instead, mm-hmm. makes her think it's deliver, oh, but no. it just deletes her whole report <laughs> instead. And she just walks out as she's saying it. She's like, Oh, you hit alt deliver. And she's like, Where's deliver? Oh, D E L. And she hits alt deliver and it just deletes <laughs> oh, her whole report. That's fantastic. <laughs> I honestly think one of my favorite Cordelia moments is in Angel, where it's, I don't remember what season it is, but it's the one where she ascends and becomes a star. Oh my God. And then she's up there, and they're like, oh, and they're like, and she's watching down, blah, blah, blah. And then she's up there, and you just see her, and she's like, I'm so bored. (laughs) And it's just like, again, that perfect comedic beat, because it's like supposed to be this like sort of emotional moment of like, she's like, (gasps) and she's just up there, and she's like, you see her in this beautiful angelic kind of thing, and then she's like, I'm so bored. Uh (laughs) Actually, you know what? Uh, I think you're right. Maybe we should probably touch on like favorite episode and stuff like that. We're going through this. How about we'll do... Sorry, Bill. Uh, <laughs> You'll get to talk about yeah, Firefly. I know. I know. We will all talk about Firefly. <laughs> and the funny thing is, we'll, let's look at it this way. Buffy, there's 144 episodes. I guarantee we're still going to talk about the show with the smallest amount of episodes <laughs> on this list most. the most. That's well, most we true. know because it's the show that should have had the most, most amount episodes. of episodes. Yeah. And had the... Yeah. All the sets. Um, so, okay, then for... But with, uh, for Buffy, Buffy then, yeah. like... So... We all like said. I know which episode. Okay. Hands down. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's funny because in um, college I actually did a paper on this episode because I so I was a lit major and what? so I know shocking <laughs> and I did a um, it was um, we were going into the different um, analysis like ways to an- analyze a text I guess and so I did the feminist um, view on um, what should call it on the episode Lovers Walk. Which is, I think it's in season... I want to say it's season three. Three. And it's where Spike comes back for the episode when Drusilla breaks up with him. No, oh. not with Drusilla. After Drusilla breaks up with him. Okay. And he's and a mopey mess. Yes, yeah. I and love he's that like one. a huge mopey That's mess. That's like when like, Buffy finds him... At Buffy her and house. Angel are like sexual tensioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eating brownies with Joyce. <laughs> no, no, no. He was having I, hot chocolate hot because, chocolate. He wanted, yes. because he wanted he the mini marshmallows. marshmallows. Yes. <laughs> I, can I just say, 
I know he was supposed to be a villain. He was supposed oh to be a one-off. Oh, he was the best. best. He, was he was supposed to be a one-off. Off. I absolutely loved Love that. Spike. Hands down, best yeah. character. Spike was my he probably was, one of my favorite characters in the show. He was a show. driving force for me watching that show because absolutely. he was just fantastic. And him in that episode, like, it was interesting because actually if you do analyze it from, like, I, it was a really long paper. <laughs> but, um, beat by beat, like, that scene, or that episode was so loaded but it was when at all of the tensions and like complications and things that had been surmounting in season three like where xander and willow had the weird flirty thing mm-hmm. even though they were with different people yeah. when you know buffy and angel kept having their like weird sexual tension even though they were supposed to be so wait is that different. also the same episode where cordelia gets, gets in yes it is so, oh my god, a lot um, did happen in that episode. Yeah. And also, on uh, if you look at it via the feminist rhetoric, whatever, like it, like it, it was a literary device. But like, yeah, the impale thing is mm-hmm. super loaded. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know him. Well, even when and the way, but like the way, and Spike has this whole thing where he's moping throughout the entire episode, and then he has some good old-fashioned violence and is super happy again, gets his mojo back, and like the end of that episode where he's just like. He has my, Sid Vicious is my way on, and, you know, and he's, like, blaring it out and racing down the highway. Awesome. It was really, really good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say for me, it's a hard toss-up between every Halloween episode. Oh, Halloween episode. Probably my absolute favorite one, though, was the tiny little demon but it's also the, the moment where you see Giles kick the door down to the frat house that they get locked inside yes! of with the <laughs> chainsaw. Yeah. Like, there's just such a fun episode. Oh, that was the one where they had to come as what they were, like, totally afraid of. And Anya shows up at the bunny, as the bunny rabbit. Like, yes! she shows up in, like, the bunny yeah. rabbit onesie. It was the most hilarious thing. Is that, that that's the, not that's a different episode than the one where they actually became who they dressed up as. That was an earlier. That was season four. because Xander was like a soldier, right? Yeah. So yeah. he became the uh, he became like the the kick ass character, and yeah. Buffy was like the helpless one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a cool. Oh season God, four, yeah. Se- se- yeah, it was definitely season four because it was after he spent some time doing <clears throat> the military thing. Yeah, so. Um, mm-hmm. which they later brought back later on. He's like, oh, I know how to uh, do all this stuff. It, oh, no, it was... Actually, no, I had no, been either. Yeah, because it was when... season did... four is when they, 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 he uses that ability to break in and get a rocket launcher to kill Adam. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was season two, season three, I think. I think, yeah, it yeah. was early. Because that's when early Willow on. gets turns into a ghost because she has the sheet over her head. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did that oh, when we did the um, Buffy Halloween because mm-hmm. Amanda was Buffy, I was Willow, and I had the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a couple that kind of stand out, and they're more from moments rather than total episodes. Okay, um, I'm still a big fan of the season one two part finale with the Master. It was really um, with everything good. that happens yeah. at the um, what was the name of the, the bronze? The bronze, bronze. yeah. Because um, I still remember like the one moment that sticks out is that main vampire henchman of the masters, and he said he says the something about the what's that? It's the beastmaster. <laughs> the beastmaster. That's who he was. What he was he? the guy that played the original beastmaster. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> but I just remember at one point, and she's like, "You forgot one thing, like sunrise," and she throws something at the window, and it shatters. Yeah. And he's just like trying to block the sun, and he looks up, and he realizes it's a street light. And then stabs him, and she's like, "It's in about three hours, moron." Oh, and like, I love so that. Snarky. But um, I also I, I love once more with feeling. Yes, it's a great episode, and it's going to seem really dark. But one of the other episodes that really stands out as, I guess, as a favorite, but also just one that 
like right, I say, right, stands I out. I think I know where is, you're going to. Is too. the death of oh my God, Joyce. Is the death of Joyce. Every time. Yep. Oh, yeah. Is that Every what it's called? Every time I break out in tears. I mean, like, it was funny because um, we pushed Amanda through um, Buffy, like, way back when. And um, she came over to hang the one night. And we were like, oh, cool. Where are you at with Buffy? And we throw it on. And then, like, so we get through the one episode, and then it goes into the next episode, and we're like, this is so not a hangout <laughs> watch. Oh, we're no. all just sitting there in silence watching and crying, yeah. and we're like... But, also- one, but one of the reasons why that episode stands out is because you've got this whole show surrounded by vampires and demons and paranormal. And she does. And this is a real-life event. That's a brain embolism. Yep. Yeah. Um, What's that? Yeah. It, it was okay. an embolism uh, after post-cancer. Yeah. And there was no music. No music. No. There was no background. There was no background, background music. music. The entire episode. The only episode. What, of the entire what part series. of that episode makes you break? Because there is one scene every time for me. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> the entire thing. Tell me. Yeah, it's like the whole um, episode. The scene yeah. for me that always makes me break is um, Anya. Anya's reaction. Yeah. How she does not. Because she doesn't. She doesn't. Com- she, can't she can't comprehend cross. death. Yeah, because yeah. she's a she's demon. never dealt with it. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's never dealt with it before, and she just keeps repeating. And she's like, "But I don't understand. I don't understand." Until she finally just like starts to verge realize and loses it and that scene every time even if i'm like keeping it cool maybe like until you know that one just no it's waterworks <laughs> jill how about you oh gosh i have so many then we'll um, move on to angel feels <laughs> <laughs> like um, <laughs> I, I mean honestly i have so many like just like ben was saying like favorite moments of mm-hmm. buffy the musical episode definitely mm-hmm. and one that always stands out to me is the silent episode the one where they don't talk i think it's called hush yes yeah hush was really really oh, good so creepy oh my gosh because um, again like you are relying more on the physicality between the characters and they're not allowed to talk, so you're missing some of that just we yeah. banter. But you still kind of get that. Like, you still yeah. get some of the banter back and forth, like, just between their physical presences. So that 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 one always kind of stands I out. I can see me. that with your theater background, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, is that such an Because you have to be able to one. emote yeah. without necessarily being able to voice what you're saying. So yeah. that one, to me, is kind of, that, that one always stands out. Oh, and of course, I'm a musical so theater geek, so. so. <laughs> well, like I said, Buffy ran from 1997 to 2003. It had 144 episodes. I thought of one other favorite moment. Go What's ahead. That? When Spike gets his soul. Oh, um, yeah. Because you didn't realize that's what he wanted the whole time. Mm-hmm. He until didn't he gives it. it to him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Finale. Yeah. Oh, so um... So we'll jump to the second show real quick, and we'll try to make this not as long. Thankfully, not as many episodes <laughs> to talk about. Only Bill. 110 this time around. Bill, after hearing our talk about Buffy, does it make you want to watch the show? It really does make me want to watch the show. <laughs> I have to say, I did try to start watching Buffy. Yeah. I watched the first like half an hour of an episode, and I was like, "This is so. It feels so nineties. It is it so is 90s. very nineties. Well, I'm like magically transported back to high school every time. I'm like, I had those shoes." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those things you can definitely tell too because when you rewatch it now even the final season that's not even widescreen which was in 2003 and you're like oh, oh my god <laughs> standard death yeah uh, so the next show we'll talk about obviously is Angel which is the spinoff from Buffy that started uh, as Buffy started season 4 mm-hmm. uh, Angel started and went 5 years Angel uh, went to LA and it did uh, Angel Investigations oh, is how it all started off and by the end of it you're like wow how did we end up here because yeah. <laughs> um, oh that was 1999 right? to 2004 with 110 episodes yeah um 
Now, as far as Angel yeah. is, what what is the big standouts for folks with Angel? Because Angel, I think, really the entirety had... of season five. Yeah, the entire new season five was quite <laughs> The second amazing. they brought Spike and Angel working together, yes. mm-hmm. where all they did was fight, and it was amazing. Yes. <laughs> and wasn't it, when they brought Spike in, wasn't he kind of... A ghost he, at he, first. He, yeah, he yep. was a ghost. He wasn't... It was the end of he wasn't corporeal. Yeah, that's yeah. the word I was looking for, was corporeal. Because yeah. the season five happened after post-season seven of Buffy. Yes. And so Spike had sacrificed himself. At the end of Buffy, And yeah. he and comes back his first day, five. his yeah. the first day at Wolfram & Hart when they take over the law firm in L.A. They find that locket. He has, the, the, he, he has, he has, uh, Angel has the package on his desk and opens it up. And it's and, the locket that... And it's the locket that dumps Spike out. He's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And everyone's <laughs> like, this is going to be the best season ever. Yep. <laughs> Caveman versus Astronaut. But the, the best moment, though, too, is after he comes pouring out and it's this big shocking moment... Harmony, who is the secretary, yes, who was oh from the first couple seasons of Buffy, she pops in, and just makes yes. the statement, and the episode ends with Blondie Bear, uh-huh. and everyone's yes, like, "Oh God, I'm so happy." <laughs> and if you were to watch, like, if you wanted to watch both Buffy and Angel, you kind of have to watch them as if you were in tandem together, yeah. Because yeah. when when season four of of Buffy ends. You kind of have to start Angel with it when you go into season five because There's some there are crossover episodes. So I have one thing to mention about Angel, and I'm not sure if you all know the connection to the Philadelphia area. <laughs> David Boreanaz. David Boreanaz. David Boreanaz. Yeah. You saved Robert's son. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew that so long ago yeah. and still never got into it. He's a from Malvern. Yeah. yeah, he, he, went, yeah. he went to church farm school. Yep. And, um, That's so funny. He went to Malvern Prep. Prep. Oh, Malvern Prep, sorry. Yep. Yep. Um, I knew it was something local, prep school mm-hmm. local. But um, yeah, there's. he did an interview, I think it was on The Daily Show like a thousand years ago. Yeah. And um, they talked about that because it was still with Jon Stewart. And yeah. Jon Stewart is also from the Philadelphia area. He's from New Jersey, that. I believe. He's from yeah. Jersey. Yeah. Um, so he was talking, he's like, so, you know, you and I have a local kind of connection. And they started talking about like Channel 6 Action News. Mm-hmm. And apparently when uh, David Boreanaz was in uh, Malvern Prep on the football team, the yeah. whole football team would sing the opening song to the Action, action News, News. <laughs> and he would have to dance for them. Yeah. So that's that's, that's a funny one. And he actually funny. did the dance for Jon Stewart on The Daily Show. Um, I'll, you could probably find it on like a YouTube clip probably. somewhere. That's but he's wearing this long like black leather coat because that's what you wore back then if you were a, a WB star or whatever. And he like spun around and the coat was like flaring up behind him. And I just remember oh that very God. vividly. It's, it's a total name drop, but I have actually had the opportunity to meet David Boreanaz, and he is a incredibly nice guy. He's an incredibly he's an, gorgeous man. Too. Well, I also didn't go true. There. Yeah, but he he is a very. I didn't. I got to meet him before Wizard World about. Two years ago, nice. they did a press junket where they had oh, uh, cool. Lou Ferrigno, Michael Rooker, and a bunch of people. And we got to interview Ferrigno and Rooker, and Boreanaz was there, too. We didn't get to interview him, but we got to spend a couple minutes with him just meeting him. Yeah. And incredibly nice guy. He seems it. Yeah. He seems it. Awesome. Very down-to-earth, very humble. I met his grandfather. Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How'd you do that? I helped out in a nursing home. I volunteered in a nursing home. Aww. Okay. He was there. Is he proud of him? That's really cool. He was. Okay. Yeah. Aww. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, oh as far gosh. as Angel, uh, like I said, five years, I would say where Buffy has the majority of its seasons are really good. <laughs> there was that one Angel's season in a 50-50. with Jasmine and... Like, <gasps> Jasmine, which connects us back to our Gina next Torres, project that we'll okay. talk about in a few minutes yeah. because Gina Torres was the big bad. But that was weird because didn't she like, wasn't she impregnated by his, like there was some, there was some, there Cordelia, was some, Cordelia yeah. was impregnated by well, like, his Cordelia was like five times in like that his series. son though. Like, Cordelia it was, was yeah. weird. Yeah. It was really weird. That episode <laughs> was like, what because season two, smoking? season two, he had, 
he had his son. I know. And his son rapidly aged. Yeah. And then Cordelia banged him in what season three, season four. Yeah, it was like season. That. It was season four, I think, because that was like the dark season where I'm like, the fuck. Is yeah. Going there, on? there was a lot of that. You're like, it was really. <laughs> That's weird. not how your father did it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was um quite. There were some odd, odd moments in... Really weird. I like, season four was, I remember, being very bad. I gotta say, though, uh, the one character that was, like, so standout from Angel that just, like, I think stole the show. I mean, there were amazing characters in Angel, but Lorne. Lorne was great. Oh, I loved him. Yes. Lorne was, like... He was the best. He always, like... And, and again, he kind of had that, like, snark ability to just, like, mm-hmm. break yeah. the tension in the and, room. Uh, and Andy Hallett, who played him, uh, passed away uh, about a year or two after Angel wrapped up. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, yeah uh, heart condition. Um, uh. Uh, which I'm very, very happy that one of the things that Kat got me for one of our earlier anniversaries was I have a Angel figure of Lorne signed by Andy Hallett. Oh, so wow. So I'm like... That's fantastic. So I know I just need to find a good place to put it somewhere, so... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he had that like lounge singer persona, plus like the karaoke stuff was just awesome. Oh, I loved it when they he was when they created characters. I'm like yes. he was so sweet and awesome. Like he, he was... kind of gave you that okay, not all de- not all demons are evil kind of yeah. vibe that the well, show really kind of struck. Like, softer, some, snubbly so, demon. And it was some of the great moments. Like there was the I think one of my favorites was when you, they go into the lounge when they go to Caritas the one time mm-hmm. and. He's singing. It's all. Uh, it's not easy being green. Oh, and I'm like, that's <laughs> an angel with O Mandy singing O Mandy oh, on repeat. Yeah, oh yeah. Because <laughs> it was the only song he knew all the lyrics to. <laughs> but he's also very and tone it was deaf. Terrible. So everybody had to suffer because that was the only way Lauren, as the empath, could, could read you. Read you, you is when he sang. Yeah, just yeah. sing karaoke for him, and he couldn't. He would be able to tell. Let's you not forget like, too. Julie Benz came back to Angel too. Darla came. Darla. Darla. Yeah, Darla. Darla. Season one Buffy character. Season one Buffy, but you also know you had Wesley from and Wesley and Cordelia were two of the key Wesley. characters in Angel. Although and they, I loved Wesley. They carried over. Was the yeah. first season. Um, the so Irish guy. Why can't yes. I think of his name? Doyle. 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 Yeah. yeah. The way like Doyle's Doyle, whole Doyle arc was amazing. Uh, yeah. All I will say is our rats are low. Uh, oh, our rats are low. No, rats yeah. Are low. Yeah, definitely. That <laughs> oh always that kind of choked me yes, up a little bit because no, they have the past. He was he was your character. Yeah. Um, yeah I actually really good. liked the like the ship of uh, Wesley and Fred. I did the, too. That was like oh my god. Season. We have like, like an they made ongoing... her Illyria, which was kind of cool. Like she was, there. but it was so sad yeah, still too. It was because it was she me. was there, but she wasn't. Because <laughs> we um we started watching Buffy and Angel early on in our relationship, so one of our ongoing things was like do it singing "You Are My Sunshine, My Only Sunshine" and going. Bleh. Because <laughs> of what happened. So then Fred randomly in the middle of saying the line does, does basically explodes and with blood. And you were waiting for them to get together forever, yeah. too. And you're like, Hey, look, Joss Whedon had killed thanks, another Joss guy. Thanks, Joss Whedon. Yeah. Thanks. Well, because in the earlier seasons, he she had a thing. Done. Yeah, and he had a thing for Cordelia, which was like, you know, that was like kind of like the never going to happen Oh, kind my of God. Thing. Yeah, it was in uh, Buffy. Yeah. All the way back yeah, in Buffy. Yeah, but they always like, had that kind of chemistry. Yeah, he and was then in Angel, watcher. she's like, mm, yeah. No, and he, no, But no. you could, like, they still kind of wrote some of that tension in, at least coming from his yep. part, that it was kind of like the yeah. unrequited thing. Mm-hmm. Until Fred came in. Jeremy yeah. Renner was in an episode of, of Angel. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Probably a character a named Penn. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I, I liked the season where they were in the hotel. Like, they had a lot of really cool episodes yeah, in that season. I do remember that. That was, uh, I think, start of season two. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. The start of season two also had the uh, intro with Spike, where he's, like, watching from above. And oh, like, I'm yes! just a big, fluffy puppy. 
Oh my gosh. Anyway, he's like talking and like he's just narrating he's the whole doing scene. doing the voiceover of like, yeah. He's just narrating everything Angel's doing from a rooftop. I feel bad. I feel so, so bad for Bill right now. I know. Well, well like I said, um, uh, real quick, favorite, uh, because instead of doing, we won't do favorite episode for each one of these, but we'll, you know, favorite character from uh, Angel Cat. Lauren. 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 Yeah, yeah Lauren. Uh, same. Right. I know. So, Phil, how about you? Like, I would say Lauren. Cornelia. Okay, there you go. Actually, yeah. no, she <laughs> does have some good character you development, but they Lauren. really kind of... <laughs> he is just... He's amazing. Even some weird yeah. You would love Lauren. You really would. Mm-hmm. Lauren was killed off in the end, too, wasn't he? No. Or did he survive? No, he survived. Was he, uh, he one of the ones running towards the towards the camera in the no. final no. scene? No, he, he ditched. He, he, uh, like, he killed... What's his name? God, that scene was, it was really it was really sad too because uh, the actor again, is Christian Kane, uh, but I can never remember his. You have a character that is like all like he's he's an empath, like he is not meant for the violent stuff, no. and, and he, he had to yeah, and he, he, he and at the end of it, the end. Yeah. and at the end of it, he's pushed to this really dark point, and he just like signs off. He's like, guys, I'm out. And it's actually yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's him walking like, down the street, and he said good night, everybody, and he oh, closes oh the door God. and he walks away. So, Ugh. final question about Angel. Yes. <laughs> did they survive? They. I've always wanted to fight a dragon. Yeah, some of them. Actually, that's not even a question. Well, I thought, I thought that show ended with all of them running towards the camera. It was continued oh, in comics. It was continued oh, was it? Comics. Okay. Yeah, and I've read the comics. So. There's a book. <laughs> I never read the comics. A, if, if you were a big fan and you were. That had one of the best finales, but uh, if you want to know what happened at the end of that, from that cliffhanger of their finale, which they purposely did, they yeah. knew that was their final episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so Angel good. After the Fall. Uh, it's a really yep. amazing yeah. book. I will so. have to look for that. Yeah, it's a good comic. Um, the art's beautiful. Yes. So uh, we are going to now jump over into, into the, the year... Let's go to Dollhouse! Ever? <laughs> <laughs> of our year of 2002 <laughs> to 2003 with a whopping 14 episodes. <laughs> no, no, I'll be in the same spot with Dollhouse as you are with everything okay. else. Okay. I've never seen it. So I'm, we're going to, I think, all be quiet. And Bill, why don't you geek out <laughs> about Firefly for a few minutes? Where can I start? Like, where <laughs> do I start? I mean, I could start with watching Serenity first. Oh, how did you watch Serenity first? I did it. I did it too. I did too. I didn't know. It was like I did not. Hey, look, there's this movie about these people in space, and there's space like like pirates, like Wild West, and I'm like, this seems really cool. Let's go to the movies. Let's see this movie. And we get to the end, and it's like they just killed that guy, and holy shit, they killed that other guy. But why did he matter? And then they killed this third guy, who actually really didn't matter. Um, Mr. Universe, Universe yeah. yes, I love that. Character. But like, so watching all that, and I was like, huh, that was interesting. And then going back and watching all of Firefly, and I was like, oh, well, Wash, okay, yeah, well, I understood Wash, I understood that during Serenity, but then Shepherd Book, like, holy shit, oh, that whole thing just broke like, me. They, they, he went whole hog with that. Like, yep, I'm just gonna kill two of probably the most favorite characters on the ship, mm-hmm. at least for me. After watching the whole series, Wash and Book, two of my favorite characters. Absolutely. Can I tell you, I not only saw Serenity before I ever saw Firefly, mm-hmm. I got through Serenity before I knew Firefly even existed. Same here. Same. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what the funny thing is? <laughs> well, yeah, I watched <laughs> Firefly like, like, so so for So, for, for everybody listening, Kat and Jada are just in shock, but let's be honest here. You're talking about a show that was aired out of order. Yeah, not yep. it wasn't even on DVD by the time Serenity came out uh, in the theaters, so there was really no way to actually rewatch it, or maybe it just came out on DVDs. on DVD, out of order and no, missing episodes. It still, it still was on DVDs because I had we had all of the DVD sets, like we had the, the whole box set of Firefly, and I remember we would just like 
go Fox through. Fox said it was one DVD. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it was, was like two. It was well, like because it was, it was, they were older DVDs. They couldn't hold as much yeah. then. So yeah. Shut you up. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So, but I remember. But it was we, like a slow case DVD. Back yeah. Then. Like we, we watched them over and over and over again. But I do remember that it was like, I remember being at a friend's house oh, yeah, see it. for like a, <laughs> like a dinner night or something like that. And I had it on Blu-ray. It was one disc. Oh, oh no, we had them on DVDs, but like yeah, a friend, friends of ours were like, oh, you have to watch this show, but start with this episode. I think they started us with train, with the train job. Yep. Um, and then we went back and watched the pilot, but there's just so many memorable moments. And again, such a great ensemble oh. cast. And like I, that's one where I think my char- my favorite character changes with every rewatch. Same, well, like it rotates. It's yeah. because it each never... episode has its own special character. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Obviously, you guys can attest if they did this in Buffy and Angel. Every character had comedic moments. They brought yeah. moments of levity to the show at times, and every character had their serious moments as well. I still, and it rotated. It wasn't like oh, everybody's all so serious right now, and everybody's all so this character right is now. only this and right. only that. And the thing about it is, it's all relatable. So sometimes you you know when you see like the oh what Firefly character quiz are you like I will get Zoe then I'll get Kaylee then I'll get Inara depends and on your it, it just yeah. depends because I can relate to every single one of them in mm-hmm. any like in any given form yeah but because they all were smart they were all funny they all had their moments of you know even even Zoe's she was such like a badass but she definitely had those moments of comedic relief where she could just throw a smirk at you and you're like she had that she had that underlying dry humor yes she did she was at first like my first watch of it i was i was not a huge fan and like later watches is when her like you start realizing the subtleties and how her dry humor like is such an undercurrent all right captain take me (laughs) (laughs) i i i my favorite character remained pretty much the same really i flip-flop between two okay I love Mal. Obviously, I love Captain Mal the whole time, but I yeah. like Jane. Really? I'm conflicted I, I can with see Jane. It. I, I can see it. I, like, I was always conflicted with Jane. And, and yes. it was one of the reasons why I was so excited when the show Chuck came on. Because yeah. one, I thought the concept was great. A, a, yeah. a, like a, a nerd herd guy that becomes a spy, I thought it was great. But when I saw Adam Baldwin was in the cast too, I was like, I have to watch this show. Yeah. 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 I mean, Jane was a brilliant character. But yeah, like I flip flopped on him because he could be the money was too good. Yeah, yeah, that scene <laughs> the money always was too fucking good. kills and that, me. And that that betrayal is just like it it's one of those things. Gores me. You know, like Mala says, you did it to me, Jane. You did it to mm-hmm. me when he has him in the airlock. It gets me every single yeah. time because it's like it that is a betrayal is. you cannot forgive at times, yeah. and that always will stay that little chink in the armor of you know what you did, mm-hmm. and you betrayed family. Yelp. And that's, that's one of those things that that keeps me. Jane's character's great, but that was one of those things that really crossed a line for me personally mm-hmm. with the character. Yeah, and I like his portrayal of Jane, but I really have issues with Adam Baldwin. So yeah, <laughs> so, uh, issues with Adam Baldwin. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. what he's like personal issues, he's p- political issues. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but you know what though? Like I'm, I keep entertainment and political views aside. Like prime example of this. The show Last Man Standing got canceled. Everybody's up in arms because they say it's a conservative humored show and all the conservatives are like, well, you canceled this, but liberal shows don't. Whatever. I lean more towards liberal, but I loved Last Man Standing. I know Tim Allen is a huge Republican. Doesn't change the fact that I like his work. So Adam Baldwin, his political views aside, I still enjoy. Well, I mean, like even what we're doing here is is purely entertainment. And our political views have nothing to do with our show, but I mean, you know, absolutely. I mean, like I I can see that that does cause 
mm-hmm. mixtures and leaning with things. Mm-hmm. But so, going back to the show, I mean, the witty banter is still there. We've done the impossible, and that makes us mighty. Yes, but, big damn heroes, sir. <laughs> but the Aren't witty banter, the ain't witty banter stays. The witty banter stays even when characters are so mad, shouting at each other, uh-huh. like an out of gas. Oh, out of gas breaks oh when God, that's every my, time. Let's let's get that one out of the way. That is my absolute favorite episode yes, of that show, hands down. It's the one scene at the very end. Every single time kills me is when it's um. The guy selling the ship to him. Oh, yeah. And it's that scene where you just hear him say, um, Treat her right and she'll stay in the sky. Yes. And then, like, he just pans back and you see, or pans over and you see him looking at Serenity for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, or, yeah. Like, because the guy was trying to sell him a different ship. Yep. Yep. 10% of nothing is, let me do the math. Nothing. <laughs> Carry nothing. Ship like this and be with you till the day you die. Yeah. Because it's a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're so always like dry undercurrent. Yeah. Now I want to go back and rewatch Firefly. I know, right? But actually, so I, I was going to say, I was going to say Out of Gas was my favorite episode, but actually thinking about it, Shindig. <gasps> Shindig yeah. so good. Because, first of all, Mighty Fun Shindig. It's got Kaylee in a dress, Kaylee yes. in a very pretty dress. And then also you know at the end, cake she's wearing? <laughs> mercy is the mark of a good man. Yeah. Eh, I'm an okay man. <laughs> <laughs> eh, okay. <laughs> I'm just all right. <laughs> but what, one thing you said about Kaylee in the dress that I absolutely love is that you, you kind of get the country girl that gets to be all like dressed up. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the, the rich girls kind of make fun of her. Oh, that dress, you really should see to your girl. Looks like you, the dress you wore, looks like, you know, but, you bought it in a store. And she gets taken aback for a minute. And that's the one time, like... You kind of see Kaylee get rescued by somebody else where she can't, like, spunk her way out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's there's one other time. But um, in that one where the, the ambassador guy kind of comes over and he was like, oh, yeah, why? I, I, rem- I don't remember the girl's name, but he's like, oh, why, you know, Susie so-and-so. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, why your your dress looks like it's it's like it's like toy. It took a dozen slaves a dozen days to get you into that getup, but your daddy tells me that takes the space of a schoolboy's wink to get you out of it. And I was just like, you're like, oh, yeah. Well, Kaylee was a really interesting character because she actually like she was probably the one that needed to be saved the most, but she comes off as the tough chick, so she was just really complex in that way because she's just a genuinely sweet, sweet soul, you know. But like she come, but you know she's a tomboy. She's like comes off like a tough chick. She spunks her way out of some stuff. But there were some times where she legitimately, like, ain't nobody gonna come and help me. Yeah, kind of things like that moment. That's terrifying. Yeah, where she's tied up in the engine room. Like that's yeah. yeah. With uh, Virgil. Oh my gosh, that episode. Why can't I think of the name of that episode now? That was the final episode. Yeah, I know. It was such a weird. That was so weird. Well, they weren't really. I know. My sister's a spaceship. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I've never thought of myself as a lion, but I do have a mighty roar. <laughs> I asked if you're a lion. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, such an odd episode. Yeah. Wear by my pretty floral well, bonnet. I, I will end you. you. Why don't you shake me a power like in front of new people? <laughs> I marry me a power. I'm not the creature. Tell me I'm pretty wash. <laughs> Oh, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> if, I were, if I were on wet, I would take you to Manny Fashion. Fashion. <laughs> Seriously, that has, like, the most... That is the most quotable series. But, I mean, like, Buffy was really quotable, too. And Angel. I mean, like, he has incredibly... Like, his gift for dialogue 
is just unparalleled. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mean, with all these resurrections of television shows coming back, like Roseanne and Will and Grace and yeah. Full House, and uh, it's there's been a cry for it for a while, but do you think it is possible for them to bring back Firefly? Never going to happen. <clears throat> it's lightning in a bottle. To. Well, I mean, it's not, I'm I'm not saying it's never, uh, whether or not it's ever going to happen with the show being the way it was and then Serenity kind of wrapping things up. Is it possible? Could you bring back a series and fit it between when the show ended and Serenity? Nope. Because the way they did things, and I mean, like, honestly, the characters of it, like the actors have aged too much. And I just, I think it's, it would fall short. What they could do and what they should do. They did Wet Hot American Summer. And all the yeah. actors were older, but it was, and it was it, that was, was funny, and it was a prequel. Funny, that's right, it was funny. But it would, it just wouldn't work. But what they could do, and would honestly be the best route to appease Firefly fans, is take the universe, find a new crew, yes. and set a new Put story with a new crew in that the sky. The you can do nods. They could run into some of the characters. They could have cameos, like they could have cameos, but like it's a ship the that's getting ready to like leave Persephone and beforehand. Badgers on the ship, and you're like, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But like their story is done. Unfortunately, like it's one of those ones like you can't revisit it because way too it, much time has ca- passed. Way too much time has passed. Yeah, like yeah. the characters are like the even if they had tried like so five years older, later, it's still. Really I kind of like the idea of a new show with a new crew in the same universe. It would be because that universe was really really yeah. fantastic it was and you and never really it never really got explained how everything came to be exactly. in that universe There's how like so everything was you know it's like I would love to see show us the brown coat in the alliance war yes that would be really that would be too. a fantastic series um, like you know, even if it was just like two, like two seasons or something, like to really show that war and just or maybe another like escapee from you know where River. Oh, got, from the, you know what I mean. Um, like yeah, they, they could have another crew with more people from huh. the academy. Mm-hmm. Like because I still like I think everyone still wants those answers, which is why there's such the demand of like exactly what is the two by two uh, hands? That, that was always my one question thing? that I really no. wanted to like. Like I know like, those guys were obviously after her, and they could do that cool thing with those weird. But what were they? Glow what sticks were they or something? What were they doing? Exactly. Like, like, there were so many questions, but you could explore those questions with different characters and a different clue mm-hmm. or crew and not lose anything. And you every world in that universe more. is so different. Like, yeah, yeah. you have, like, mm-hmm. you have, like, the inner rim planets that are, you know, so urban and so rich and they have all this technology and everything. And then you have, like, the outer planets that are so, you know, they're... They're the outpost towns. You have mm-hmm. nothing but horsepower, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know. See, for me, though, it was more the cast. Um, sorry. Um, I like I. I don't necessarily need to see something in that universe, which would be cool. Mm-hmm. I just want to see that cast back together again, and we have in certain instances. I know Con Man, which is something that Alan Tudyk does. Nathan Fillion has been in a, mo- a lot of the other characters from Firefly have been on. Yeah. So I, I just like the interaction of that. Of that main cast. Okay. If we can get another project with that cast, no matter what it is, whether it's in space if or, they did or a whatever, project. I, I would like to see it. Yeah. Just because I think that cast interacts well together. As we were talking and we were talking about Brown Coat War, I immediately kind of went back to the very first episode, the pilot, where Mal is mounting. I'm right here. I'm right here. He's mounting the gun, but like there's on the heads up display of that gun, it's another connection. Back to one of Joss's early things, and I just put it in my head. So, Waylon Yutani is on the the cursor for the gun. I forgot that Joss, we just even said it, Joss Whedon wrote Alien Resurrection. Waylon Yutani came from Alien. And I'm like, I never put that together. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, all these little things. Uh huh. So, it's kind of funny how that all ties up. But, (laughs) 
All right. Well, we're already almost at an hour, <laughs> so we have. Uh, let's. Uh, like I said, uh, whoever didn't get a chance to say your favorite episode of Firefly, I definitely said Out of Gas. Out of Gas is probably my favorite. Out of Gas. I'll say Shindig. Shindig. Oh, Shindig and Snatched were two of my this favorites. This is Reynolds. Oh, this is Reynolds. This is Reynolds. They, that's, they, like they all like yeah. I, every time yeah. I watch an episode it's of Firefly, an, I'm like, oh, oh this, this is my favorite. favorite. Oh, this one's my favorite. Jamestown. Jamestown. Then they call James. Okay, so moving <laughs> forward, because we could probably have done like maybe like just an hour alone on Firefly. Because so. we still get to talk about Serenity when we get to the TV part True. after the break. The film part. Huh? The, the film, film part. part. So uh, the next show in his roster was from 2009 to 2010. Only 26 episodes, but two seasons, oddly I enough. Um, Dollhouse. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody at this table has seen it aside from me and Kat. I have not seen a single episode of it. Nope. <laughs> have you seen it? Nope. Okay. Well, this, this... We can probably skip Dollhouse. Like I said, Dollhouse, like I said, was a really good show, I will say. Like, just to give a fast... Um, I will argue that. Dollhouse was weird because... It was. Dollhouse's odd. first season was very underwhelming. But then the second season was amazing. This so was, was Elijah Dush- Dushku, right? Yeah. Okay. But the first season, like, you kept waiting for it to get good, get and good, the get one good. episode... And it just wasn't. And they were, like, maybe a couple interesting moments once well, in a while, but the, it wasn't... The funny thing is, too, like, the one major connection point that apparently made season one amazing was the episode was that the never aired. episode, was yeah. Was the episode that never aired, which was called Epitaph One. Yeah. Which gives you the connection point that connected everything that happened, but Fox refused to air it. Hey, look, Fox is screwing with a jo- jo- uh, Josh Whedon show again. But then, so I guess the second season, because he figured he wasn't going to, he was a miracle that he got got it in the first place and he wasn't going to get another. He just went balls to the wall and like did whatever the fuck he wanted. And it was really good. And so it like totally, you know, trounced the first season. Tons twists and turns. Uh, it introduced us to Fran Kranz, who would late, later oh, appear in Cabin in the him. Woods. Uh, he was the stoner in Cabin in the Woods. Uh, but he was one of the main characters now. But that show also had, um, Alan Tudyk, uh, had Amy Acker was in that yeah. as well. And Elijah Dushku uh, was the lead. And, what's his face from, um, BSJ? Uh, Timoa Pennicott. Timoa Pennicott, yeah. He was one of the other leads. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was, uh, Helio, or, or Helios, I think, in, uh, BSJ. That's BSJ, yeah. yeah. I was like... That's who he was in that Yeah, show. I don't remember him in, uh... Who he was if you, Again, if you saw a main character in a Joss project, you know you knew there was a strong chance you were seeing them pop up somewhere pretty else. Pretty much. They all Absolutely. reappear. But super fun show. Had an amazing twist. So if you ever get a chance, as long as Epitaph One is on the episode list, yeah. watch season one, watch Epitaph One. Watch season two because the twist that happens at the end of all of it and ties all this together. Because again, just twenty six episodes, so really impressive, really awesome. What um what do folks think about Agents of Shield? Who's seen it? I saw the first two seasons. That's I, I think actually that we did. We got through the first two in full. We did. So. And I kind of have to refresh myself because I'm kind of going to be on stage with uh, Brett Daunton this weekend <laughs> uh, talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. moderating his panel. So I yeah. kind of have to get so at least refresh myself a little bit with what's been going on because yeah. I don't know what the uh, hell's going on new, with this character. New season. Go- Go- Ghost Rider was in it? And oh. yeah, Ghost Rider was in, I think. Are the, you carrying the, on? No. Where, did you watch I, I'm, I'm disappointed that, you know, Coulson was not actually dead. It's like, 
But they also, like, we hey, we brought I, him back. Yeah. But then they said, oh, by the way, we decided Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is really going to have nothing to do with the actual Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore, which well, is I how it was built. Well, I also know, like, he mm-hmm. wasn't really, like, it's not like, like, Whedon wasn't really, like, hands-on with this one. It was more hands-off, he, he, like... He created the show and was executive producer, and then yes. he basically just... First and then couple just sent it happened, off. Then he so it doesn't have that like touch of the like there isn't that traditional as much vibe of, of him is gone. Yeah, it's like the banter isn't as strong as it would be if he were, you know. Yeah, it actually just it just wrapped up its season four uh, on the sixteenth, which was just uh, two days yeah. ago, and uh, it has been officially signed for its season five. I think. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah really? it's been renewed. So it's uh, yeah, it started the show started in twenty thirteen. Uh, it's already eighty eight episodes in. So. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> It was one of those shows that kind of struggled a little bit, too, and then Captain America Winter Soldier came out, and mm-hmm. the show kind of ran parallel to the movies. Yeah. Universes. Without really being a part of it. Yeah. But it was enough that it brought the ratings. It was, it was tied in enough yeah. that the show got phenomenal by the end of the second season, yeah. and then for some reason, I just never kept watching it. Was that the Bill Paxton season? Um, I think I, I think started, it was, yeah. I okay, think I that started trying to watch season three, and then midway through got really bored and just stopped. Maybe that's what I did, too. Maybe I did that's watch season three. Too. I started, and they got really boring, and then I just like forgot what even happened and couldn't even pay attention and <laughs> gave up. Fair enough. Well, like I said, so that will close out our first half of the episode. We'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit about Joss Whedon's film years, uh, which is not as much to discuss here. Uh, like I said, only got a couple projects to talk about and some upcoming things he's going to be working on. And then we're going to break into some of our favorite things that he has worked with. Then we'll close out our show with, uh, we'll be back to the traditional Mary Fuck Kill. Uh, and we've got a, a fun lineup for you on that one. So we'll be back in just a few. jump into the films of Joss Whedon. Actually, one thing I wanted to bring up real quick, because we talked about DuckTales a couple episodes back. Uh, something I thought was really cool for you, those of you that have been waiting for the new show to come in, I heard an amazing interview with Tad Stone, who was the creator of Darkwing Duck, um, and I thought I'd share with you guys. For those of you that love the Disney Afternoon, so the new DuckTales show that is coming back will actually have ties to the rest of the Disney afternoon. So apparently uh, the realm of gummy bears actually does exist in the world of DuckTales, and it happened in the past. So they said we will see an, uh, a bottle of gummy berry juice in some point in time. Darkwing Duck will be making an appearance, and they said we'll see other nods as well. Yay. So uh, something to be on, excited about. You sold me on Darkwing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so. did, did you see in promotion for the new du- DuckTales movie, there, or DuckTales show, there actually is a traveling... Um, Scrooge McDuck um, vault that you can dive into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. The coins are like a, a foam dish uh-huh. oh, that you can cute. dive nice. into. So anyway, we're going to jump back cute. to Joss Whedon though, uh, because uh, we could do you know, a Disney cartoon episode show that we can think about for the future. So, <laughs> so outside of the movies, but 
for a future episode. So, uh, so Josh, uh, Josh Whedon's films, there's not as many of them, but there are a couple really big notable ones that we need to touch on. Uh, the first big film for him actually was Serenity uh, that he actually got to do. Uh, I know a lot Which of people... Which doesn't this, exist. Yes, I know. Kat always states that it's, it's not a real movie. Um, and if she watches it... Because if, if it never existed, watch it doesn't die, we're fine. So... <laughs> But it does give some good closure. Or, or book. I, I actually or book. Yes, no. or book. But like the way, yeah, it's just the way Wash went destroyed me. Oh, yeah. And destroyed Wash too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always funny though too because even now, like that show was so long ago and that movie was so long ago. But even when anybody says I'm a leaf on the wind, everybody's like, oh, it's misty. And, and it always really, still feels like too soon. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, it's been like almost a decade. Which is why I just, I can't watch the <laughs> I love it's, the movie for so many reasons, but I, that scene does like that yeah. one and book definitely like, mm-hmm. especially cause they, they, I mean, they go to Shepherd books colony to like hide and be safe and they end up. Yeah. I can't. Causing their killed. doom. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, like I said, well, like I said, I know for me, my introduction to Firefly yeah, was, was through yeah, the movie. Was the movie, and the funny thing is, I can tell you on how I found out about it because I was on IGN, which is a site that I still continue to read every day to this day. And they had the review of the movie up, and the person that reviewed it apparently didn't know Firefly either <laughs> because they're like, "This was like this great, unique world. I want to spend <laughs> more time with it in." And they, well, you can. They amended the review about a week later after everybody was like. How do you not know what this is? Because they saw it well in advance. So nobody was talking about it because most of the, even the press didn't build it as, hey, the continuation of Firefly was, hey, it's Serenity. It's this new thing. Yeah. Um, so I saw it that way and the reviews were like glowing. Like this was so amazing. I think I just remember seeing renting another movie at the time and seeing the trailer for it before another movie. Yeah. And yeah. saying, this curious. looks like a cool movie I would like to watch. So I rented it when it came out, watched it, and I had no idea what Firefly even was. Again. See, as somebody who binge-watched Firefly, like, I watched it over and over and over and over again. When they said they were coming out with a movie, it was like, literally, my heart stopped. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god. There's they no will way. actually give me some closure on what happens with these yeah. characters that I love so much that were cut off from us before any of them got any sort of completed story. Yeah. And, I mean, as much as... As much as some, you know, as much as you want to say you don't, you don't want it to exist because you know some of our favorite characters died in that. It's still, it's still so good on so many levels. Like the way that they they gave River that sort of culmination of like she gets to be this beautiful, terrible weapon that she never wanted to be, but in the end, I mean, she saves the universe. She, she saves it. the rest I mean, of the crew. Yeah. She embraces it. And in a lot of ways kind of gets a little bit of closure and gets her life back to a certain extent by the end of the film. And then you also have her brother getting a little bit of his life back and being, you know, you mean as in sex? Well, to hell with this, I'm going to live. Like, you get Kaylee getting to get the guy. Like, you get that, you get that sense of closure. And I mean, there are definitely some some loose ends that are left. And part of me kind of always wants there to be, like, you know, I just want to see a picture of, like, Zoe with some adorable, curly, red-headed kid somewhere in a ship, like, 
you know, like teaching him, teaching the kid like how to, you know, how to shoot a gun and how to kick butt and like just how to like I, I want to see her as a badass mom because yeah. if you go back to some of the episodes and like the planting of seeds and that sort of thing, like the one episode I think it's um, I want to say it's Heart of Gold where they go and yep. they save Nandi's yep, yep. Uh, whorehouse because mm-hmm. when they have that talk. right, right, and they have that talk of like, well, I I can't I I don't want to be so afraid of. Losing something that I never get to have it. Yeah. And just part of me, like, just, especially in that funeral scene, and that just, that just breaks me. Oh. And the part, that whole scene where they're making that barricade and you just see her loading that shotgun and she is just, yeah, like, just, she that like, scene to me. And they're character. like, where's Wash? We have to, you know, like, Kaylee's like, where's Wash? And she's like, Wash ain't coming. And like, that to me, that broke me worse than actually seeing him get killed was her reaction to that because uh-huh. she is the quiet calm before you know she is just gonna can lose her shit and well not just, well not only that but at that oh moment God. you know when wash is already dead and book is already dead you start to realize that even like because i went back and i rewatched serenity after i had i watched serenity first i went back and i watched firefly and then, and then I watched you rewatched serenity. serenity that's a good way to do to, it to get actually. a better better connection mm-hmm. to the characters and i just remember having a whole new outlook on serenity after watching Firefly again, like mm-hmm. it was almost like it was an entirely new movie. Yeah. And I was seeing it again for the first time. Right. Because you had developed and an attachment to the characters and you realized at that point, he's already killed off two of the most loved ones and no one is well, sacred. Well, not only that, You could but, lose yeah. anyone in that final and fight. And that was the thing. And that was yeah. the thing. Like I had already known what the outcome of Serenity was, but I still somehow had that connection in my mind that when Wash was gone and Book was gone, you start to realize like, Holy oh, shit, shit, any of these characters can die at any point yeah. now. Even though you That's knew nobody else said. was going to die, yeah. you still had that click in your head. I think That's I just realized I've never watched Serenity since I've watched Firefly. Really? Oh. You will have a whole new perspective on Firefly. I think I need to, to remedy that. I'll watch it on my own, Cat. Don't worry. So. <laughs> watch Firefly and immediately watch Serenity afterwards. I think one of the best things that he did with that movie is to keep the faceless alliance... Continued to be faceless. Yeah. Like, the big bad of Serenity was still just the operative. He never had a name. Which was good. And he was this foreboding presence that was constantly hunting them and tracking them. And this that's is the sexiest a, was, accent ever. Yeah. This is a good death. <laughs> it's yeah. true. He was cold, calculating, and just an amazing bad guy. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of uh, a lot of smarts and a lot of intelligence to write a character like that because yeah you can write a bad guy who's just like oh, i'm just going to kill everything i'm going to be the most ruthless thing ever but it takes a lot more to to write that cold calculating you know sociopathic type of thing well you kind of see that in both of the big bads in that one because i mean you have the, the, the big bad exactly yep. you have the big bad of the this is this always. is the horrible government that's taking over everything that's created this horrible awful evil yeah. of the reavers which are every awful thing that can happen to a human rolled into that i think was one of the big things that sold me in just the very first episode of firefly was um the reaver scene actually is mm-hmm. like because the first time they are brought up it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, it is absolutely terrifying. And the amount of, like, the sheer terror you feel when you, like, I mean, it, it was brilliantly done because there's so much left unknown about them. You don't see, really ever see them in action. And it's that lack of their presence, but the looming threat. That looming threat. That and it's the really, way Zoe describes them in her, like, deadpan, well, this is what's going to kill you if you, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, her description of them is, it's spot on. And in her, like, dry delivery of it you just are like oh shit 
Yeah, like that's probably, and then you see that later on in the movie with they, when they get the hologram and the girl's barricaded the door, the woman's barricaded the door and she's like, this is what we've created. This is what it's done. This is because, you know, on Miranda, we've released this gas that's supposed to make everybody calm and happy. It's, yeah. it's had the opposite effect on some of them. Mm-hmm. And you really get that, like, oh, God, we've created this horrible Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to move us out of the realm <laughs> of Firefly and Serenity. <laughs> because we want to stay in the verse. Uh, we do, we do. But we do have to move forward a little bit, though. So we're going to completely change gears, and we're going to head over to Dr. Horrible's sing-along oh, blog. Yay! Which I just watched. Yeah. Yes, Jada just got to finish watching it. I just listened to the soundtrack. The entirety of the first, and then, yeah, you came here, like, I was listening to that on the way here. Yes, I was. It's uh, only, like, a half hour long, right? It absolutely is. The movie is at 45 minutes. Oh, 45. So, yeah. But for something that's so short, I do think it's, like, absolutely brilliant that you see a full character arc, like, from beginning to end. And the way it ends is just... Well, I mean, one of the things that I love about Dr. Horrible, I mean, I know it's something we're going to talk about a little bit later on, but I'll kind of interject it now. It's it's probably one of my favorite Joss Whedon projects that yes. he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the reason behind that is because it's more personal to Joss than it is the actual project. At the time that Dr. Horrible sing-along blog came out, we were in the middle of a writer's strike. Nobody One that decimated was doing, the majority of Hollywood and television. Nobody was doing anything. The late night shows weren't doing anything else. And seasons they, were cut severely short. Like seasons like Lost were cut in half, if not more oh, than that. Yeah. Um, that. So this was a project that Joss put together with friends of his because he still wanted to do something. He wanted to produce something. These actors wanted to they wanted to act in something. That they weren't able to because nobody was writing anything. So they got together. They wrote this on their own without anybody else. They produced it on their own. And they put it out for free. Mm-hmm. They put it online for people to watch for In free. This was yeah. something that they did to make up for the fact that people weren't getting new entertainment because of the writer strike. And for somebody to do something like that in the entertainment business shows he's not about the money. He's about the product. But he also and that's a why very I loved important it. Important point with it too of how in- integral because part of it was to prove that you don't need all the fancy things to have like all you need is a good story and some good actors and good writing. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you don't need and super music. huge budgets. Music. And I think there's talk of a sequel. Yeah, he's been talking about it for quite a few years. I mean, yeah. this there's there's been rumblings of a follow up to that for almost five years now. Yeah. And he was saying, hey, I want to do this. And then he got hired to do Avengers. Yeah. All the Marvel things. <laughs> and then he said, hey, I won't get to work on this until I'm done with Marvel. All the Marvel things. And he finished with Marvel in January of 2016. Things got quiet. Nobody knew what he was working on. And now he's about to sign a contract with DC. So <laughs> for, for, like, one of my favorites. Oh we'll my get God. there. So... Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, I, I think Dr. Harper was a, a true testament that good, fun family entertainment and wholesome, like, singing sometimes is kind of get, amazing. You get, the, you get the hero, anti-hero kind of thing yeah. kind of yeah. turned on its head, yeah. which oh, is really good. fun. And the adorable Neil Patrick Harris. I know. And you get Felicia so Day, good. Neil Patrick Harris, and Nathan Fillion. So, I mean, it's just... They can easily... Triumvirate of awesome? Yeah, pretty much. I, I love Felicia Day, but she honestly was probably my least favorite part of that that movie. Yeah. And not even her character, it's just when you listen to the soundtrack, I will sing every song, yeah. but when I get to Penny's song, I skip it. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I, like I actually Sing- like it. See, as a, that's in my range. I like singing. See, Neil Patrick Harris is in my range. So okay. It's, <laughs> see, their stuff is not So is Philly in though. Philly and, and Neil so Patrick Harris are kind of the same I range. I enjoy so singing the few. The, the, her I enjoy fun. singing the other. If I knew it better, I would definitely be singing Penny's parts. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Penny's parts are fun. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, her parts are super fun. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> but then there's Cabin in the Woods, which is the best thing ever. Yes, which actually, oddly enough, did any who has seen Cabin? In the Woods? I I've loved seen Cabin in the Woods. I've never seen it. Oh, okay, it's well, so Bill, good. Bill, because <laughs> you are a person that Bill doesn't normally us. like horror movies. Pitch Cabin in the Woods to Jane. Oh, please do, because I don't normally like horror movies either. So take everything you know about horror movies. Take the generic cast of teenagers going to have a a fun and crazy weekend in the woods and take all the stereotypes you know the virgin the jock the stoner the token black guy the 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 smart the, 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 the smart guy well the, it's the token black dude it's the the slutty cheerleader mm-hmm. the smart girl the jock and the stoner. It's, it's the stereotypes okay. that you would expect from a horror so film. the expli- so take the explanation of every horror movie ever from scream mm-hmm. and Put it into the woods? Well, put, it in, put it into a cabin in the woods, yes. Uh, but then make a little bit of comedy around it by having a whole bunch of people behind the scenes trying to make sure all of these kids get killed. <laughs> put Basically, it's... it's Instead of them filming a movie, they're filming, they're creating a real... They're directing a real-life situation. They're directing a real-life murder scene? Yes. Right. Yeah. They're Be- directing because- a horror movie in real life. Because they're scientists in a they, lab. They are no, no, well, no, no, they're not, they're not scientists. They because like scientists. Did you just give away something, Kat? The reason like the reason it. this happens in every horror movie is because we have to make sacrifices to appease the old gods so they don't come and destroy everything. <laughs> yes. Okay. The technical big bads of the movie are the Titans. Ah, interesting. So these are sacrifices. So they are basically the human sacrifices to make the, sure and that basically we don't get they eaten. show at the end of the film when they're in the sacrificial chamber where all their blood is being poured and filtered <laughs> down to is there's the popu- there's basically like there's the a cat, fu- there's, there's a- the fool. The Virgin and like very so, old archetypes. Yeah. The athlete, all these. There's things. a cast of stereotypes, but there are also a cast of creatures. And what is it like? I think certain choices that they make while they're in the cabin determine. So, have you ever seen what, like which creature they let loose? Have you ever to, seen like Hellraiser or Evil Dead or anything like I've that? I've seen Evil okay, Dead. Okay, like you know, like okay, so you know, like in Evil Dead, like they've got like there's the book and the tape recorder under the stairs, and they play and it. Razor things. So yeah. they go, when they get to this house, in the basement, there's about five billion types of artifacts for them to play with. Like, all random things. So there's, like, this weird, creepy ballerina doll. And then, like, you know, So like, it's like an escape the room. Not quite. <laughs> it's more along the lines of... Don't escape the room. In fact, play with these things. Release yeah. the demons yeah. and die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Basically, whatever the thing that they... Never they, summon they, the Whatever they gravitate yeah. to is going to be the bringer of their destruction. Ah, okay. So they're like, oh, hey, guys, isn't this really cool, this weird twisted diary that I found? And they start reading it. So the bringer of their destruction is a cannibalistic zombie redneck family. <laughs> so... It's really... But it's like it's a horror comedy. Yeah. So there is like there is that 
really sharp, witty dialogue and group dynamic that he's just so well known for, which is what really made it stand out. And I think like it's I would put it more on par with like watching something like Shaun of the Dead. Okay, see I actually liked that and I'm not a huge fan of zombie movies, but I liked that. Because there's so much levity going on. Like there's suspenseful moments when you're like, what's going on? But there's that banter and group dynamic and then they break it up at the right point. Shaun of Shaun of the Dead is a good comparison because it's basically it's it's a movie that Humor, has a lot of fun in it, but when it comes to the horror, they stay true to the horror aspect. Yes. But at the same time, though, every time you're like, this is going to be, oh, they're actually about to make a joke instead. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, cool. So, but one of the great things is, like, when everything, you see everything unfold, even knowing that, it does take a little something out of it, but the movie is quite a bit old at this point. But I mean, like, funny enough, that was um, what's his face's um, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Very before, one of his before he, he landed Thor. Thor. Yeah. yeah, but it he got released after Avengers. But what no, I love is he um, Cabin so in the Woods. They had all the it's, archetypes. It's, no, or after, had, after Thor, it got released after. I was gonna say because I had seen Cabin in the Woods well before Avengers. It had been yes. no, he, so it had been filmed before. It did not release, so it. Had no, I'm pretty sure I. It was before Avengers. Really? Mm-hmm. It was before. It Avengers. filmed yes. before it came out. After. No, it came out before Avengers. What year was Avengers? 2012. So it was Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Yep. And so same year. T- it's, yeah. it's same year Avengers came out first. That was the push that gave them that made them pick it up because it was already filmed. They didn't have a home. I could have swore I had seen it before. Because I didn't. Chris Hemsworth <laughs> filmed it before he filmed Thor, which was in like 2010. Yeah. Um, and so he filmed it, and then it came out. Because I think they shot the movie in 2009, and it never got released. So anymore. they released them almost within the same month. month. Okay. But okay. Avengers was first, then Cabin in the Woods, I believe. Well, I love Crimson. Uh, I love no, Chris actually, Hemsworth. sorry. Cabin in the Woods was That's first. Like That's what I thought it was. Oh. Okay. By about three weeks. Okay, fine. <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> okay. That's no it. more so semantics. Close enough. Moving forward. Let's anyway. So, um, the cool thing, though, that they did was um, with the characters, like Chris Hemsworth's character is supposed to be the jock. However, they did the whole thing that I love that he does is everyone has, like, these dimensions. Even though they appear to be this, they're really multifaceted. Oh. And so even though he appears to be the jock, he's actually incredibly smart. And so even though Fran Kranz, like, appears to be, like, the stoner and stuff like that, um, he also is, like, very sharp when he needs to be. He's and, a conspiracy like, theorist, though. It's really hilarious. Gotta love and, like, um, like everyone that's supposed to be the certain way is, that's not actually, like, there's so much more to the characters as it unfolds. Because it when you first Because that's them, what Joss Whedon does. He does right. the group dynamic so and just characters. What they did was great, so, was because yeah, they basically kind of instated is the people that are running the set up for the sacrifice they're like we take with what we can get so they had chemicals and stuff to change all the people's brain chemistries to make them fit the archetypes they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. so this one really smart girl dyes her hair and then the dye that she bought they laced the dye with something that basically made her Ah, uh, gotcha. So everybody was acting so out of character once they got there. Into these roles of mm-hmm. like, okay, we're gonna. But the beautiful thing well, is, the stoner, exactly. this stoner, the strain of pot that he was smoking, <clears throat> kept all of the chemicals that they're using from against him, him from affecting him. <laughs> so, so he, he stays like, the smart one. So he was the one that was like, guys, what the fuck are you doing? You're acting weird, and he's the voice of reason throughout so the. the sto- nobody ever listens to the pothead. So the stoner <laughs> is kind of the hero. 
Love it. He's totally. It's at a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's really fantastic. It's a really good movie. So it was written by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard was the director of it. But most of the dialogue. Perhaps I will check it out. Is is traditional Joss dialogue. If 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 you like Josh from West Wing, he's in it as well. Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford, yeah. Oh, okay. He's, he's one of the guys, he's one of the main two guys in the control room. Gotcha. And then when you find out who, and we won't spoil who the head of the or, their organization is, because when that uh, twist happens... Uh, yeah. Is that Sarah Michelle Geller? No, but that would have been awesome. <laughs> but it's even better. Because like when you hear the voice, you're like, I know that voice. And when the reveal happens, you're like, oh, that's amazing. Well, one, of, one of the people behind the scenes that's fun, too, is Fred. Um, the chicken, Amy, Acker, Amy Acker. Also yes. in the movie. Oh my God, it's well. amazing. Because yeah. so. he uses the same. <laughs> and again, we didn't say spoiler warning because, again, based upon our rules, we don't need to. This is an old movie. <laughs> we are past the two month marker. We're fine. I will. So, I will check it out. So and report back. Um, <laughs> so we'll jump forward uh, to three weeks later. <laughs> so Marvel Phase One or is, is now complete at this point in time because we are given Avengers. Uh, Avengers is the culmination of Iron Man 1 and 2, uh, Captain America the First Avenger, and Thor. Um, and like I said, everybody was pretty surprised when Joss Whedon got handpicked to direct the film. And everybody was like, oh my god, this movie's going to be amazing. Because um, group dynamic. Exactly. Yep. He, I think, was the only person, because that was a very difficult movie to execute, given all the different personalities and heroes involved. He's the only person. And you have the correct amount of banter. You have the correct amount of snark, but that's very kind of like, you you know, between Iron Man and Captain America, you have that good levity of like the Boy Scout versus the, you know, snarky bad bad boy. So, I mean, that in and of itself just really gives, gives that movie so much... Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, and every character—it's very—it's it's very nice to the round table. Everybody has a different yeah. element that they bring, and they all bring it well. That movie still holds a very special place for me too. I mean, that was—I mean, when you when you look at all the comic book movies that we have now, and there are a lot of them nowadays, that's still to me like when when you first saw Iron Man on screen, you're like, all right, this is pretty awesome. Yeah, and you see definitely. Thor, like this Iron is Man awesome. One. Captain America, this is awesome. Hulk, this is awesome. And then you get the rumor that they're all coming together. Like, this has never been done before. (laughs) And then you find out that Joss is heading the whole thing. He's, like, spearheading the whole thing. And... (laughs) Too soon? (laughs) Too soon, (laughs) Keep using that word. (laughs) And I just remember being in theaters and watching all these characters together, knowing that somebody I'm a huge fan of is the one that's in control of all of it. Yeah. And I just remember the... Still to this day, I can still watch that movie and I still get the same feeling. When you see all of the Avengers minus Hulk coming together and working. And then you get to that one scene where Bruce Banner shows up on the motorcycle and he does the whole, (laughs) that's my secret, I'm always Always angry. angry. And he punches that Chitauri thing. I think I screamed like a 10-year-old girl. And I still get chills when I see that. That movie still holds such a special place for me that... Any Marvel movie to this day, I still compare to Avengers. That makes sense. I mean, honestly, like I said, I and mean, then they have shawarma. That's I it. know, <laughs> I know. That and was it, fantastic. Yeah, it started giving us these like really. It, it was they had their stingers already, but like that was the stinger. Everybody was like, "That was amazing." Yeah, because it was just something so small. It was everybody still in costume in a Mediterranean little like dive restaurant having shawarma. This, and that is when Mediterranean restaurants did a big uptick in sales. <laughs> pretty much. And I just remember the fr- it was the first night I ever met Rob and Kat. I just remember 
we were in New York City for our friend Amanda's birthday, mm-hmm. and we went to that spot. We walked past that spot in New York where that was filmed. That, that, that actual that, fight. That actual that fight, fight, scene. fight scene. And I just remember being like, <gasps> we're here. Well, one thing I really like about that movie as well is not only do you get the supers, I mean, you have... You have Captain America, you have Hulk, you have... I mean, to Iron Man to a certain extent, because he has the suit, but he doesn't have superpowers. But you get some, like, just some badass regular people. Like, can we yeah. talk for a minute about how freaking awesome Black Widow is? Yeah. Maria she Hill. is amazing. Nick Fury. Like, yes. all these people. Freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, our first, like, Hawkeye. The dude with the bow. Like, yeah. All these that characters the holding bow. their own with, like, all these awesome... Giant. And I love that a little bit later on in the second Avengers, you get to meet his family. Like, you get to see him as, like, a real person. Like that's Linda Cardellini. And yeah. you're like, huh? huh? What? <laughs> I was like, that's what happened to her. No, Linda she Car- lives. No. She wasn't his wife. Yeah. Was she? Yeah. I thought she was the girl in the laboratory. No, no, no. Linda Cardellini was uh, was Hawkeye's wife. Okay. I'm pretty damn sure. So You could be right. So, uh, Ben's like, to the phone. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> Credit. No, discredit it. No, <laughs> no I, he's probably right. I'm just. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it was it was an amazing, fun thing, and like I think that was when, like I said, I feel like that was our the precipice of like the superhero genre, just like Laura Barton. You're right. Everything is going to change from here on out, and yeah, we're like, oh, we that's sort, you're right. That's sort of the pinnacle where everything else is like that's the jumping point, and that's going to be and everything now is trying to meet that expectation, and I don't think anything really. I, I with keep, the exception of the first Guardians. I, I, I keep Guardians. I know you and I disagree with Guardians too. I loved Guardians Volume Two, but I kind of keep Guardians kind of separated from because they are in the universe. They're the same universe, but they're. They're not tied in with everything else as of yet. They will be soon. Yeah. So, but when it comes to all the, the Avenger-ish movies, everything still has to compare to Avengers. Everything gets sense. compared to Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what Justice League will be compared to uh, later this year. I mean, everybody's still got to look back and say, is it what Avengers was when that first happened? And unfortunately, I don't that's think not gonna it be. can be. Things have changed so much since that movie has yes. come out that I don't think that do can be that the litmus test anymore, unfortunately. Which is yeah. the crazy thing, but like it's special to everybody that watched this crazy experiment work. And everyone was like, holy shit, this is impressive. Yeah. That they managed to pull this off. And every I want to go movies, home and watch Avengers. Was <laughs> it, every one of those movies was at least good. Yeah. Not middling. Good. Yeah. And... They succeeded with this great, grandiose experiment at the end. Well, they had an awesome cast. Like, everybody was just so spot on in those roles that it was... You mm-hmm. couldn't have picked better actors for each of yep. the cast for Avengers. Yep. And not only just, you know, the Avengers themselves, but the supporting cast. Um, like you said, um, Mike, uh, Agent Coulson and... Um, mm-hmm. Why can't I think of the girl? Um, the woman. Maria Hill. Thank you. Yeah. Coke Smulders. Yeah. Yep. The um, actress. When, when she was not busy getting prepared to uh, marry Ted Mosby. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I but I mean, like, even like even though it wasn't any... It was before Joss had taken the helm of Avengers. You look at that very first stinger where you see... I forget the, the character's name. Talking to Tony Nick, Stark. Nick Fury. Was it Nick Fury? Yeah. Well, Coulson is in the original movie. Well, well I know Talking that. to Maria Hill. And you're like... But, uh, but I thought it was. You know, oh wait, no, no, it was the the father from from Hulk that originally runs into uh, Tony Stark in the uh, diner. Thunderbolt Ross. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who originally runs into Tony Stark? Yep. And I think that was the first mention of Avengers. 
I could be wrong. Maybe, I, maybe I can, it was Nick I Fury. I can almost swear that at the end of Iron Man, uh, Samuel Jackson's <laughs> He's there in Tony's in house. The back, in Tony's yeah. house. And is say, that the first I'd like to talk Avengers? to you about the Avengers initiative. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, you, you're right. It you're is right. At the, it's at the very end but of But the first movie. time you hear that, like that's when your inner child is screaming. Yep. Like, Aww. really? Yep. Yeah. Could this actually be Yes, is this going to happen? Yes. Yeah. So let's move forward, uh, and we'll be getting back to Avengers again in a moment. To Avengers uh, Age of Ultron. <laughs> uh, but let's jump over to Josh's side project that he got to do before Love Age of Ultron, it. which was a black and white film, and a Love one of my favorite things it. he's ever done, Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah! Pulling some of his favorite actors and actresses from all of the projects he's And doing on. line for line Shakespeare. Yes. Amazingly so, too. Yes. Yeah. I remember I remember buying that on Blu-ray the day it came out. Oh, yeah. We watched it, like, the second we yeah. could. And I going home and watching it. I think it. I watched it and then watched it again and then was about to put it on again and Mike's like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> but that is my absolute all-time favorite Shakespeare play. I haven't seen all of it because it's not one of my favorite Shakespeare plays. <laughs> That's fair. So, but I've seen some of it, and it is, again, it is fantastic. If like, you could pick a more perfect character setting and, char- like, group of characters from any Shakespearean play for Joss Whedon to do, it is much ado about it nothing. Really is. Because you have already that amazing witty banter that just goes back and forth between Beatrice and Benedict, and Beatrice and pretty much anybody, because she was it's snarky true. with her dad, she was snarky with the prince, she was... She was, but, but at the same time, the though, but at the same yes. time, though, I could also see Joss doing a good version of Taming of the Shrew. I could absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that I one's like kind it. of. I think I feel like that's the more obvious choice because he's known yeah. for his strong female characters. What yeah. I would question on that one is that with Taming of the Shrew, she eventually does kind of get tamed. Like, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you kind of lose that. So it Whereas with with uh, Beatrice and Benedict. They kind of have their happily ever after. So do um, without changing, yeah. right? So does um, Claudio and Hero. Like they they yeah, kind of get their happily yeah, yeah. ever after at the end. But you still get they still get to be powerful in their own right. Mm-hmm. And you also get like you know the comic relief with the uh, the sheriff. Or the, what, what can't remember Dublin. his name? Thank you. Yes, Nathan Fillion. Yes. <laughs> Not to downplay this. Yeah. But the largest and possibly the hardest part of making anything like this, the writing, was already done. And again, this is not to say anything bad about Joss or the characters or anything like that or the, the you know the cast. Yeah. The writing, you know, Will Shakespeare. The writing is the writing is already done. Yeah, but you have to direct and it's classic, right. This is true. Right. Right. Well, not only that, but, but you're not. It's you're not making it a timepiece. You're adapting it to modern times, which is yeah. which is exactly amazing. what Shakespeare which is what always did. Yeah. He intended yeah. his plays to be adapted right. for any time yeah. period. They were always anachronistic. Yeah. Um, what I would say also is one of Joss's best abilities is to create a universe. Yep. He did it with Buffy. He did it with Firefly. And I really feel like he did it in that time capsule of Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah. You know, you kind of get that well. like weird little capsule of this is the high, powerful family, but they got some ties to some connections that are... God, why do I have a feeling this is going to be the summer of Whedon? Can yes. we have... <laughs> Joss Whedon, if you're listening, can you please do more Shakespeare? Yes, please. I, know, right? I would love to see a version of either Midsummer Night's Dream... Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Or Hamlet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Done by Hamlin. Yeah. Done by Josh Whedon. Those are my top three, actually. That Much Ado About amazing. Nothing. Because I still, I still love, beautiful. love, love. And the only reason I even watched it to begin with was because Robin Williams is in it. But I love the Kenneth Brennan version of it. Oh, God, yes. It's fantastic. But a Joss Whedon version oh with God. the Joss Whedon cast, yep. I think would well, be great. Well, I, I got to say the cast, too, was fantastic. Because you have Amy Acker... Um, 
what is Alexis Denisoff? Alexis Denisoff, which um, is uh, Alison Hannigan's um, husband. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep, yep. Yes. And then, like, you had Fran Kranz, who was from um, Dollhouse, Dollhouse and Cabin Kevin in the, the Woods. Woods. Agent Coulson. You had Coulson. <laughs> Clark um, you, oh, had right, Nathan, Clark you had Nathan Fillion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was a slam dunk. There were a couple more, too. Me. But, like, yeah. Oh, wasn't um, Andrew from Buffy in there? Yeah, Andrew from Buffy was in there, too. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think what made me watch that movie more than anything else was the cast. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. The second I saw Joss Whedon, Shakespeare, yeah. and the cast, I'm like, the moment I saw Clark Gregg, Nathan Fillion, and Joss Whedon, sold. Yeah. Uh, Mike showed me, like, I, like a, I think it was just a picture of the... The cover? The cover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he showed it to me one time. He was like, um, did you know that this is happening? And I literally, like, I was like, heart stopped, fell on the ground. No, 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 no. It, was the ele- it was the Alexis Denisov, uh, mm-hmm. Denisov and Amy Acker Amy, looking Amy. At, uh, at each other in black and white with the pink text of just much ado about, about nothing. nothing. And, and I just literally died. When I heard about that, I'm like, yeah. I'm yeah. very in... So. Figuratively dies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's jump forward. Because we're talking we still, to a ghost. We still have. Oh, we're still in what I thought would be our first half. <laughs> oh, Big surprise. Uh, so we're gonna get to the last film he's done uh, as of late, which was Avengers: Age of Ultron, which was his final thing he did for the uh, you know Disney Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, kind of middling. A lot yeah, of a I lot of reaction from too. a lot of people. Bill, I yeah, actually, I agree. Um, I, I know you were incredibly love. excited about this. I was cre- incredibly excited about it because I have the hugest man crush and largest Spader? raging hard on for Spader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, that got me excited too when I heard that. <laughs> uh, and it just, yeah, I mean, it fell, it fell flat. Like it fell yeah. flat from all the hype that was brought up. Uh, and again, he also didn't, he didn't really kill any important character. <laughs> Kill Quicksilver and everybody's kind of yeah, like, eh. But it was a character that was just like, oh, hey, look, here's Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Oh, look, we killed Quicksilver. Goodbye, like, it wasn't a character we had an emotional connection to. And as, as everybody's watching that movie, you're like, they're going to kill Hawkeye. Oh, my God, yeah. they're going to kill Hawkeye. And they're like, nope, just Quicksilver. And everybody's I mean, like, oh, whatever. Oh, all right. <laughs> if they did something like that. I was like, like they did it better in X-Men, so. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, but the, the, the Quicksilver that they did do in X-Men was pretty awesome. Oh, the Quicksilver in X-Men was amazing. So, the best part about Avengers Age of Ultron is Vision. Yes. And the Paul Bettany is saying, hey, I don't have to be an AI anymore and I actually get to act. Oh. Well, voice acting but, is acting. Is acting. Yes. I don't but then there's also the, damn it, now I actually have to go and do something instead <laughs> of just recording lines in a booth. I think one of my favorite moments from Age of Ultron is the night that they're all at the cocktail party and everybody's trying oh. to lift Thor's hammer. Like, that scene. Oh, my God. And, yeah. and the moment it actually yes. budges a little yeah. bit the look on Chris oh. Hemsworth's face. <laughs> I loved that. That was really I saw a, I saw, it was like a, I guess it was like a repost from a Tumblr thing and it was talking about how they want to have, like, it would be really cool if they could just, like, throw, like, some random strong characters of, like, little girls somewhere. Like, I just want to see, like, a little girl with bouncy pigtails running up with Mjolnir. Like, here you go. Like, <laughs> You know, just to kind of... That'd be super adorable. Yeah, like, give some kids, that. like, a, especially did, give some little girls of, like, hey, you're awesome They did hey, something pretty awesome, awesome in the though, actually. Yeah. Right? It was actually, I think this time last year we did a show uh, where we were talking about the change, changing of the guard and some of the comic characters, and uh, Jane Foster, uh, who was yeah. uh, Natalie Portman's character in the original Thor. Uh, she had cancer in the comic books, and she lifted Milner and became the new Thor. Awesome. That is so, very cool. And it was like, that's pretty awesome. That so. is cool. I think our thought process at the time when we did that, we were like, all of us were like, why don't you just make a new character? And we were all like, rah, 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 rah. But then we were like, 
comics. So comic logic, yeah. all good. Um, okay, so and future background. So. Do you want to touch on what's to come for Joss before we talk about our favorite little bullet points before we we get into our closeout? I mean, I guess so. It's DC, and you know how I feel about DC. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. It's daggers straight to your heart. I'm sorry. At least I'm doing it to your face and not behind your back. That's true. That's my my bread and butter. That's what what keeps us doing the show. (sighs) No, no. No. We only do a DC podcast every week, week, Bill. (laughs) I'm a Marvel boy. I love Marvel. You know what, though? I love independent You know what, though? I will say, I was too until we started doing this podcast. And I started absolutely falling in love with certain DC characters. I'm still not in love with the DC Cinematic Universe. (laughs) But But the DC Universe itself? But I have, I have faith. I mean, you have a, I mean, the incarnations of Batgirl you see most of the time are like young woman or teenage-ish. And I mean, like. I think we've had, what, four Batgirls. Yeah. But like, wasn't the last time they had a Batgirl on screen, it was what, Alicia Silverstone back in like that 90s or something? There's only been two female interpretations of the character on screen. Yvonne Craig. Yvonne Craig and uh, from the old 66 show. But like, he does strong, snarky teenage (laughs) girls incredibly well. He does. He proved in Buffy. Yes, he does. And I think he can do Babs justice. I hope they're doing Babs. But like, they are doing, they are doing Barbara Gordon. My, my only concern with Batgirl <clears throat> and this is something I mentioned earlier on, is Joss's strengths lie in ensemble casts. Yeah. You're now doing an individual with, Not I'm sure so. we'll have a supporting cast, but if it focuses on an ensemble cast, I think it's going to be fantastic. Could I they, think so too. Could Honestly. they get Gary Oldman to do Commissioner Gordon? I don't see why not. Oh my God, that would, could. Well, die. That would be Well, you don't need to because you have your new Commissioner Gordon. Oh, that's right. It's J.K. J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Uh, oh. Yep. Uh, yeah. Ugh. No, I. If you've uh, seen what he looks yeah, like, dude, yeah. watch. Okay, I can't wait. Okay, okay. Watch the I can't wait. And when you see him, you're like, oh my god, he looks exactly and when he, like he. And when he tells um, the guy to start playing the drums, it's amazing. Well, but that's what like Batgirl. All of her stories <laughs> in Batman. She's with the ensemble of working with Batman and Robin. Phil just got it. I something. <laughs> Go on, Cora. <laughs> The draw. I was. I made a nod to another J.K. Simmons movie, Whiplash. Yeah, yeah. when he, he was Miles such a, Teller played such the drums. A dick. He was. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she already works with an ensemble whenever she shows up, anyway. And I mean, she also has a lot of. Actually, she has ties. Whether she's working with the ensemble when she's younger, with like Batman and Robin, or when she's older, as um, I mean, you, they wouldn't be showing this, but she does have ties with like other women in the DCU. Oracle and the Birds of Prey. Yeah, Birds of Prey were like so, huge. She's friends with Black Canary. She's friends with you know, like she has a great system. So one of the things I could say actually the most excited about this is apparently the story that they're trying to attempt to adapt. Yeah. Um, and they said uh, Joss actually got attracted to this because he, apparently he's wanted to do a, a female superhero film for a very long time. Um, and in addition to that, he's always wanted to do something with Batman. So when he found out this project was open, he's like, I want to do a Batgirl movie. And they said, you've got it. <laughs> so the beautiful thing about this, before I actually get into this point, is to show you the character of, of a person that Joss is... He reached out to Kevin Feige, who is the head of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's the guy that runs everything. Before he decided to take the job, called Kevin Feige and said, I don't want to burn bridges, anger anybody. I'm about to take a job at Warner Brothers to handle a DC property. I want you guys to understand I love you. 
is this going to be a problem? They said, absolutely not. We can't wait to see what you would do with the background of the day. So awesome. really cool that he did that even before he signed papers, all this yeah. stuff. But the great thing with what they're going to do with this story is they're adapting one of the best writers that has ever handled Barbara Gordon, which is a, a, a writer by the name of Gail, Gail Simone. Yeah, I was going to say. So they're writing Gail, working on Gail Simone's stories that was uh, after they rebooted DC, which was the New 52. Mm-hmm. So the idea was uh, before the New 52 and Flash decimated the world with Flashpoint and the world was completely changed. Um, Batgirl was in a wheelchair. She was shot in the back by oh, Joker. Uh, so there she, was a, sh- a briefly lived show. Birds of Prey. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, I yeah. own all of it on DVD. I and I unfortunately it. subjected myself to I it. I liked it. So, <laughs> it was um, so what they did was she was in a wheelchair for many, many years in the comic books. Um, and when the New 52 happened, that moment still happened. But she began to rehab and be able to start walking again. Mm-hmm. But she ended up with PTSD. Yeah. Because oh. she's still dealing with this. So Joss read that book and said, I actually did. I think I'm going to actually adapt that story. So it's going to be a survivor story and somebody that's dealing with PTSD and being a hero. Nice. So everybody's like, oh my God, this could be amazing. So we're going to see a snarky, strong female character who's then also overcoming some Some past hardships and trauma. Oh yeah. And it's going to be the the relationship with her and her father who is commissioner of the city and she's keeping a secret from him. So, and then her friends and whatever her relationship is with Bruce and potentially Dick Grayson, because we know they're doing a Nightwing movie. Yes. So is Nightwing going to be a part of this? Because they have their relationship together and I know, they're one that one again, off again, let's be engaged, let's get married, uh, which they never ever did in the comic books. So like, um, now there's that chance for all this. So there's, there's this really rich history and lore that they can play with. And they have the Batman rogues to work with in addition to that. So they can do whatever they want. So I think... Joss can write an amazing female character. Mm-hmm. The fact that knowing he's wanted to do a project in the Batman world and a female superhero and he gets to do both. This is like a dream come true for him, so I'm really oh excited God. to see what he's going to do. You so. wonder if he's kind of just sitting at home like fanboying over it as he, as he writes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel like he was oh, because boy, like totally the one thing I, I absolutely love about Joss Whedon is that like he, you know he loves he loves what he does so much. Oh, he loves yeah. being a geek. Mm-hmm. He loves yeah. geek culture. He loves everything about, you know, what he's doing. And, you know, he doesn't he doesn't want to ruin it for us. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he wants yeah. to put, like, the absolute best projects out there, which is, I think, yeah. always what really... This is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but that's 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 awesome what's ever. on the horizon for him. And aside from that, we know he's got an, one other project he's oh, working I, on. I, I can't wait. Which is this historical fiction horror film set during when World War II. Can't we? Oh. We don't know what it's going to be about. Demon Nazis! <laughs> uh, we don't know. He awesome. talked about it about a year or maybe two years ago. Yeah, said he was getting ready to start writing it uh, back at San Diego Comic-Con uh, near the end of 2015. Um, and we know he's still working on it, and it's this his big pet project, then obviously Batgirl fell in his lap. So yeah. you know that's going to be probably the project after this. And there's a lot of potential for this, too, because if anybody who's read up on history, there was... Uh, you go to, you know, Nazi Germany in World War II, they were big into supernatural and occult. So, I mean... Yeah. There's a lot of potential for this, oh and God, I think it's going to be, gonna be fucking awesome. A Hellboy prequel? <gasps> they're already they're, they're already, already rebooting Hell, Hellboy. Why are they rebooting it? Rob Grossman was so perfect. It's good. Right. So in the in the sake of for the sake of time, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to ask two questions of everybody before we hit the MFK because <laughs> we're already close to the two hour marker. <laughs> and again, yet again, have only covered half 
of what we were planning on covering. This is true. So, this is showing that this format apparently works when we have the right topic. <laughs> yeah. So, um, real quick, uh, just going around the table, uh, everybody's favorite Joss Whedon project he's ever done. I, I've mentioned mine already. I'm still a huge fan of Dr. Horrible single one. Dr. Horrible. Cat. Firefly. Dr. Horrible. Firefly. Hands <laughs> Oh, yeah, yo. <laughs> I to say, actually, Avengers Firefly. Age of Ultron. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a really hard call. It is, yeah. But Firefly. Between, Between everything he's ever done. <laughs> Because, right. like, it's not just, just, we're not just talking TV or anything. Like, it's anything he's ever completed. Uh, Firefly, is, it's funny, it's it's one of the shortest things that he's worked on. It's had the most, Im- it's, it has as much as I love Buffy, that that show Firefly has had the most impact. Ever, ever. And then, the my other thing, again, off the top of your head, don't think about this too much, just say the names that come to you. Your favorite three characters oh. in Joss Whedon. Favorite three characters. If you want, I can I can give you guys a second to think about this. I'm gonna go. I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. Number one, absolutely, Lauren from Angel, uh, hands down, still my absolute favorite. Second, Captain Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly. Stop stealing all mine. No okay. question. And I absolutely have to say. Probably Wesley from Angel as well. He is one of my other favorite characters. Okay, Just watching everything cool. yeah, that yeah. he went through. Yeah. From betraying his best friend to how his story ended. And it was this gorgeous story that was started where it was so goofy and then ended in this really amazing way. So, yeah. Um, so that is me. Oh, God. Uh, I can jump in. Cap- okay. Captain, I mean, Malcolm Reynolds. It's not even. <laughs> um, but then, Wash. And my third one would be from Buffy and Angel Spike. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I'm going to do some overlap here. Yes. <laughs> Wash from Firefly. Dr. Horrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised you didn't put this on here. From the Quick and the Dead. The Kid. Oh, Leonardo shit. DiCaprio's character. I oh, forgot yeah. to put that on here. Oh, did. Such a good movie. He did some script. Do- yeah, not one. a lot. He not was a, a script lot, doctor. So. One, so. Um, That's but, why I, I really don't kind of tie a lot of the script doctor work because it's not a script that he wrote. Uh, honestly, mm-hmm. honestly though, if I have to go with something he really, he really did would be um, Hadley the uh, Hadley from Cabin in the Woods, uh, Bradley Whitford's character. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He so really my top three. This is so, so hard. Because um, you guys have already said so many of, like, my favorite ones, too. But um, I would have to say, I, I'd have to go with Mal Reynolds as one of them. And I hate to go, like, all Firefly because those characters just, you know what? They just speak to me. No, yeah. because it's yeah. the characters that speak to you. Like, this guy has this massive body of work, <laughs> and it's just one of the characters that speak to you the most. Yeah. Um, and honestly, they, they really are mostly from Firefly, but I, I love the character of Malcolm Reynolds. Um, I love Zoe. Like, she's yeah. just something about she's her. Like badass. She, she's, she's a badass. Just, and she's awesome. She's, she has a softer side that really just... I love seeing that like, side of her. Yeah. There's that oh, one Zoe, scene in Shindig where they're in the bed together and seeing Wash. Yeah, all the corpsified <laughs> and gross. Yep. And she's like, well, we can't stop it. Like, you get to see her uh-huh. soft side at times. Where she just around and teases. Yeah, like, it, I, I, can I have money for a slinky dress? Like, I, if I wore a dress, I'd want it to have some slink. Like, she just, she's a badass, but she has that, like, femininity about her. And I just yeah. I love the way he writes female characters. Oh, my God. Um, and I'd also have to go with Spike. Spike from Buffy. Love Absolutely. Spike. I love him. He was him. just... 
Ben? Amazing. Uh, surprisingly, only one of mine has been mentioned um, really? out of my three. Two of them are, believe it or not, from Buffy. Um, I gotta go with Spike. I, 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 I loved Spike from the start. Um, I was a big Xander fan, too. Oh, I, I like Xander. Xander. Um, Xander was a big comic relief, but he had his moments of being a badass and protector, oh, yeah. too. But the one that nobody's ever mentioned from any other movie um, is Corso. From Titan A.E., Bill mm-hmm. Pullman's character. Oh, nice. Um, I still, to this day, Titan A.E. is probably in my top five all-time animated films. and It's one of my favorites. I, I, I remember loved, seeing that in the movie theater. And like, so did I. And I, I loved <laughs> One of my favorite Bill songs, Pullman's too. Character. Cosmic Castaway. I have the soundtrack on my phone. Uh, and the last quick-fire question before the MFK. The most underrated character for you out of all of his projects... And I have mine, too, so I'm going to go last. Um, ben? Oh, God, you're going to start with me? Yep. Oh. Off the top of your head. Come on. Under, under, Anya from Buffy. That's fair. Um, I'm going to jump in with another Buffy one because he was such a side character, but Andrew... Oh my god, when they had him like narrating in the fancy Dracula, he was so <laughs> funny and ridiculous. Um, for, well, he, since he mo- wrote most of it, uh, Keanu Reeves' is partner from Speed. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> who blew up in the house? Yeah. Yeah. He mean again. It's I'm gonna go home where a character dies. You go home, have sex with my wife, Harry. You're gonna go home and puke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. I would say my my just top off off the top of my head, most underrated character was Willow. Do you know what's very odd? Is as you said that, I was looking at the Willow DVD on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of weird. Like, you know, she, I mean, in the beginning of the series, she was, you know, just kind of quiet and mousy, mousy like, the, yeah. like the little nerdy girl who, you know, nobody liked or whatever. And mm-hmm. you know, she kind of came to her like, you know, Wiccan self and she came out of the closet and she had this great relationship and then she went evil. But like there, there were so many times where she was underestimated yeah, because she was quiet or because she was the nerdy girl or because she was, you know, different and that to me was just like that when as soon as I saw that question, definitely she yeah. popped my mind. So for me, also from Buffy, uh, Tara. Oh, Tara. Oh, Tara, yeah. Tara didn't come in until season late part of season, season four. She's oh, a college years. Yeah. Uh, and then they kind of put her through the ringer when they had uh in season five and they basically kind of made her mentally damaged from the one uh the one female villain. I can never remember her name. She was uh, like, Her, no, oh, no, Glory, uh, Glory, yeah, Glory oh screwed God, her head up really badly. And then, of course, season six, where like Willow's messing with magic and fucking with her head too. And then, like, it was really again. We're gonna get this in a second because another one of Joss's characters that died from getting something through her stomach because Tara died. Was it? She, she got, got shot, shot in the stomach. stomach. Oh my god! What the fuck? Tara got shot in the stomach and died. That scene wasn't it by Andrew? It was uh, not Andrew. It was the other dude. Um, What's his face? Um, Warren. Warren. It was the one that Willow like was. Oh, just like snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ripped the skin off him. No, because Andrew was like he never. He didn't get like too dark. He was like the bumbling like one that kind of got swept into way over his head and was like. I didn't want to do this. I was just, like, being the evil evil. Like, that was kind of, honestly, that, like, their little geek trio of evil seems like the inspiration for the the weird, you know, misfit villains in Dr. Horrible. The evil league of evil. Yeah. Because that was their, 
Whoa! Like, sorry, that's my most underrated character, Moist. Thank you, thank you, Howard. Thank you, Howard Baldwitz. Yeah, bringing us Moist. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna close out the show now with our. We're going back to the classic. We're going back to the MFK because I think mm. now that we're doing focus things. We can actually, it's a lot easier for me, and I said all bets are off, even if we used them in the past, it's under new context, so we're, <laughs> we're allowed to go back to the well. So, uh, so tonight, I decided I was going to be mean, <laughs> and I was going to do MFK, uh, all characters that Joss Whedon has killed. So, um, <laughs> so tonight we are looking at Wesley Wyndham Price, Wash, and Penny from... Uh, Dr. Harville's sing-along blog. So, uh, I'm gonna start off with Bill tonight. Because he was the one that asked me to change it because I said Anya. Yes. And I, I thought it was Anya, cool. Well, you were saying, you know, like, uh, everybody got skewered through the stomach. Anya got cut in half. Yep. So, <laughs> so, you so yes, this is every, everyone that has been pale. skewered through the stomach. Um, I, I think my first choice to kill is gonna be Wesley. Yes, he may be a strong watcher, and, and the watchers are fantastic in Buffy. Um, but I don't have too much of an emotional connection to Buffy anyway, so <laughs> you'll let him go. Uh, and, then the, and then the choice between who to marry and who to fuck is really hard. Like, it, you know, Wash, he could be a very, you know, very good, warm husband, very tender lover. <laughs> Penny, you know, obviously cares about the world and, and, and social problems in the world. They're also, they're, they, they seem so, so... They're both hot redheads. What? This is true, too. <laughs> oh, I should have just tried to go for redheads across the board. <laughs> right? You should have. That would have yeah, yeah, had to do... Uh, Lauren? <laughs> yeah, Lauren. yeah. Or, um, he didn't die in the show, but Andy Hallett died in real life. Oh, so. oh I know. Too soon. So, so I, think I'll, I, I think, okay, I'll have to go with just, you know, having a penny to fuck, even though we won't get to do the weird stuff. <laughs> Unless it's the second time. No, second, but it won't be well, the second time. Unless it's one and done. Oh, that's right. That's true. But, uh, you know, I'll marry Wash because, again, you know, he's he's the pilot of the ship. Ship He could chauffeur me around. See the world. See the galaxy. The verse. The verse. <laughs> right. The verse. I'm missing my, my you know, glossary. Yeah. My, yeah. my Firefly glossary. How dare you, sir? It's, I know. It's, it's been a while. There. It's, been it's been too long. Why are you shaming in front of new people? <laughs> okay. Uh, ben. Uh, I'm kind of on the same page as Bill on this one. I, I'd kill Wesley just because he annoys me. Uh, um, I'd, I'd screw Penny um, just because I'd never have to talk to her again after that. Oh. Uh, and I'd marry Wash just because I think personality-wise he'd be a fun husband. That's all. Um, I'm not going to kill Wesley. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm going to have to kill Penny. Um, just because out of the three characters, she's probably my, like, I like her, but she's just didn't leave an impact. Um, Wesley, I would fuck during his grizzled stage when he's like all badass and rogue and like when he's got Lila. Like, well, it's when he's like sleeping with the enemy type shit, you know? And he's, he's got, got his like, like little like hidden stakes in his like yes. wrist and his like gun holsters and up his arm like sleeves. It was like season like four, I think. Like three. when he's like, like was, super over the top. And it crazy. was when yeah. him and Angel were at odds when yeah. they were like so it's later in Angel, but post kidnapping baby. 
Yes, yes. Wesley. Post-kidnapping baby Wesley. And then, obviously, Mary Wash, because Wash is just the bestest of husbands. It's pretty amazing. Jada. Um, Honestly, I'm on the same page as you (laughs) with this. Sorry, Penny. I I only just saw... Dr. Harville sing-along blog for, like, for the first time all the way through. I'd seen snippets of it before, but, eh. I mean, that's great that you want to save all the homeless people and stuff, but you're real, it just, no, she would get on my nerves way too much. You're just treating the symptom. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, she, she, I would probably kill her. Um, Definitely, definitely would definitely fuck Wesley. Like, Mm -hmm. that, I mean, okay, he has a sexy accent. He could read me the phone book and that would yes. be enough. Oh and again, gosh. I kind of like, I like that, like the sexy, like accent with the grizzled appearance. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's totally hot. When he had the scruff. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> Wesley Wyndham Price, rogue demon hunter. Oh, that was the beginning when he entered in the ages. Oh, he's oh, weather and I'm like, oh my God, this yeah, is Yeah, you definitely give me the vapors here. Um, yeah, but I have, I would definitely marry Wash because I, I like a snarky guy with a, with a cute smirk and some nice biceps. And well, he keeps Zoe happy. So, you know, you know, they have great married couple sex. Like you just know it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would, I would definitely marry. Definitely well, marry. actually mine was the same as yours. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was the ladies. Cause, uh, Penny, Penny, again, like I said, I, we have a 45 minutes to spend with this character. So I don't really care too much about her. The character that you connect with the most is Billy. Uh, through that. Penny is just kind of, just, she's the catalyst for it all. She's that's really all she is. She's a two-dimensional love interest. So, that's about it. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as Felicia Day is awesome, as far as that, the she's question, the lesser of all of right, this. Right, the question so. isn't would you marry Felicia Day, it's would you marry Penny. Penny. And Penny... I'd marry Felicia Day. Yeah. Well, it's it's saying a lot because, like, you know, like, she looks like she's in her mid to late 20s and she's doing, like, you know, laundry at a laundromat. Like, so she's not capable of holding a good job. She, she, she keeps uh, getting fired. She keeps stating she keeps getting fired. Over over. So she's not a No, stable... she's got a tiny apartment because she doesn't have her own washer and dryer. Well, no, it's not even that. She says she keeps getting fired over and over. So, like, you want to, if you want to look at that as possible, like, marriage, like... They, well, maybe they've got financial woes constantly. If they can't hold a job down, makes you know, poor decisions, bad decisions, <laughs> and she's like, "But let's just help the homeless." And I'm like, "But you're not taking care of even yourself before you're trying to take care of." That's actually honestly good. along with that, she she totally falls for the wrong guy. Like she falls for the, bad, the hero bad, who is bad, bad taste judgment. and judgment. Yeah. Bad, yeah. Judgment. Yeah. bad judgment. Bad judgment. Bad right judgment. Sorry, not even for banging. It's bad judgment. Um, so uh, now the hard call is. Do the weird stuff. Do you bang Wash or marry Wash or bang Wesley or or marry Wesley? So I, I'm going to match yours exactly. Because, uh, because Wesley, like, he's just an awesome character, even when he's not grizzled. But, like... <laughs> oh, he's still pretty, even when like, he's clean-cut. Yeah, you know, like, I would like, do him when he was clean-cut, too. I, my I brain like, says no, the reason we don't marry that was... I don't know if anybody remembers very clearly from season one of... Of uh, or no, season two actually of uh, Angel, his dancing, his dancing was <laughs> uh, really precious. That is why you married him. Are you kidding me? I just also think adorable. he would be like totally annoying to live with. Like he seems like he'd be he like be... he's like you didn't put that exactly where it was supposed to be. It's supposed to be six inches to the left of that, right? And then... Right, like color coding closets and like, like he reloading seems the dishwasher. Really, really anal retentive. I'm like, like I could not live with that. Like, I'm a little anal retentive even about like the dishes and stuff like that. And I think it's he true. would make me feel like a slob, and I, then I wouldn't feel good about me anymore. <laughs> so, 
I'm so, too to so basically that. what we're coming down to is Wash better be a Mormon. <laughs> yep. Because yep. we're all married to Wash. So, yeah. well, Every, well, you know he makes a great husband. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. And, and, and you know what? I think that's what so we like, have. And it's just you can have like, beautiful. Go to dinner, sweet love, making them play dinosaurs afterwards. Yes. It's all good. Yes. It's We've so good. all just become sister wives. It's okay. <laughs> I'm actually really okay with this. I am too. We can share it. Oh. We're poly for once. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do that as a that is we the Twitter hashtag. This actually, we can start naming the episodes now because of Neil, like I said, it's an episode, and it's just gonna be. It's episode 37, Polly for Wash. No hashtag Polly for Wash. Hashtag we do the weird stuff. <laughs> we do the weird hashtag stuff. we do the weird stuff. Wait, we need to do a five part harmony of that right now. Uh, actually, can we do it? I can't harmony that. We do the weird stuff. Alright. So, before we get out of here, uh, let's kick around the room real quick to find out what everybody's doing, if they've got anything special happening in their lives right now that they feel like bringing up. And then uh, we'll say goodbye, and we'll see you next month. Uh, you can of course check out the Next Level Podcast Network which I'm co-creator of which has the Showcast Spotlight Podcast which is our celebrity interview podcast uh, most recently we interviewed Colin Mackery Macri, Colin Mockery, <laughs> Brad Sherwood and Robin Lord Taylor from Gotham which was he was an awesome interview too <laughs> and they're all awesome interviews uh, and of course our DC Primetime Podcast which is on there too and I am in the process of restarting developing my Wilhelm Files podcast, which is the film uh, roundtable podcast, which will hopefully be starting, I hope by September will be finally up and running, and that'll be probably a monthly to bi-monthly podcast. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, um, nextlevelradioonline.com. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that where we are now? That's yes. right. Oh, that's right. We're all there now. I we're forgot. All, we're all here. <laughs> I forgot. So just make sure everybody there. says that at the end of all of this. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Um, Yeah, I'm just uh, finishing up edits with my editor for the final Philly Cover Chronicles book. Yay! Waking for Winter. So book number four is coming out July 4th. So, yeah. Nice. I am looking forward to actually going as just an attendee of uh, Too Many Games coming up in a couple months. And super excited because I have my tickets to PAX Unplugged. As do we! So exciting. A PAX convention that I will finally be able to get to go to in my backyard. And all about board games. So somebody's Sweet. coming to your house and be like, hey, this we're going to call this PAX. Would you like to play this one single copy of Munchkin that we have in your backyard? So, yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> and, I'm get, and I'm getting a scarf. Fantastic. When is the game that we liked from Too Many Games last year supposed to... Still don't know. Man! Made from scratch. Made from scratch. Gone, so. Man. Next level radio online.com. <laughs> Jada? Um, well, you know, I've been working on my mom cast at 377.30, and I recently interviewed my two-year-old, and um, he likes pizza and ketchup. Um, I also have been uh, doing a lot of nerd mom stuff. We are running a D&D game for our nine-year-old and six-year-old. Um, where they are playing, I think Jude wants to play a dragonborn and Lily wants to play a fairy. So, you know, they're, they're staying true to their little so nerdling selves. Um, we recently came back from Disney and the kids got to be very serious little Jedis in their, in their serious Jedi training. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think we're, we're getting ready for summer and looking forward to a lot more nerding, hopefully some fun Renfair trips where we can be some uh, DC Renfair people. I also want to do yes. a family cosplay of the character cast from uh, the uh, Star Wars Rebels 
because that would just oh, be too would be much fun to do. Awesome. Um, but in general, nerd momming is my thing. And uh, what, what's the thing we're supposed to say? Uh, next level radio online. Next level radio online.com. <laughs> one, th- one thing that actually I forgot to plug in because it doesn't seem like too much of a nerd thing because it's outside and relatively kind of related to sports. Stones? <laughs> Philly Stones League. So, Game of Stones, it's like bocce, but with a bit of strategy. And I am playing this weekend again in another tournament, hoping to get my invite to the Invitational at the end of the year. That's actually one of the places that I play Pokemon at. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, in my, my quote-unquote exercise, well, which it is exercise because I'm usually walking like two, three miles during lunch breaks. But that's your Stones course is one yep. of the places we go. Yep. Do you so. sing the Game of Thrones song when you... I should do that. Oh my god, every time you throw dun 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 Yes! You should sing the Hodor version though. Hodor, 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 Hodor. As for me, you can obviously always, as Ben mentioned, check out DC Primetime, which is our show that we do weekly. We usually record on Sundays, and it usually comes out at the end of the day on Sunday, if not Monday morning. Like I said, we're gearing up for the finales. We will be talking about finales in a week. Next week, yeah. Next week. We have a show in a couple days, and then uh, when you're in Harrisburg, uh, this episode will probably be coming out probably as you're in Harrisburg. Um, And then next week, we'll we'll be talking finales, which is pretty crazy to think of already. And then uh, we'll be heading into the summer months. We've got a lot planned already, too. So super excited about that. Uh, As always, people can head over to uh, djcutman.com and Game Chop Records, where you can check out uh, DJ Cutman, our friend Chris. Uh, He's the one that... uh, Provided the awesome tune you hear in the beginning and the end of this uh, this podcast. And as always, if you want to talk to us a little bit more or send us a message, you can always head over to facebook.com slash thecaffeinecrew or send us an email at thecaffeinecrew at gmail.com or just hit us up at caffeinecrew on uh, Twitter. So, um, But we'll see you guys next month. I'm not sure what the game plan is quite yet. Um, I know we were kicking around a few things. Awesome. But it will be another single topic because uh, apparently this works. So, huzzah. <laughs> Uh, but thank you guys for uh, bearing with us uh, tonight. Uh, like I said, I know we're a little, maybe a little all over the place, and uh, we'll still be trying to find our new footing uh, in the upcoming episodes. But uh, we'll see you in about a month. See you then. Woo! Weird Bye. stuff. We do it. <laughs> NextLevelRadioOnline.com. <laughs> this was not a wash.